Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. My name is Robert Patrick. I play Gary Tyson. That's Gary Tyson with an I in the film Last Rampage. Evil broke loose in 1978. Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story, like there, you know, the the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And, and the, the, the link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was, it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. This episode of The X-Files Files is brought to you by Squarespace the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code XFILESFILES at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Hey, uh, welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm Kamel Langiani. Um, so this podcast, we're talking about two X-Files episodes, Fire and Beyond the Sea. Uh, Fire is one of those episodes that 
You know, um, I loved it the first time I watched it. Each time I watch it, I like it less and less. And I think that's part of, you know, you grow up and you realize you're able to articulate why you like certain things, why you don't. It used to be when I was a kid, you know, every single episode was amazing. But now you're unfortunately or fortunately a little more critical. And that's one episode that for me had uh, diminishing returns. But that was also an episode that a lot of people emailed me saying hey it's not the best episode but please cover it for a lot of people this was an episode one of the first ones they saw for some reason it really uh, stuck with them or something and that final image the reason I finally decided to do it was that the the final image of Cecil La Ively great name of uh, Cecil La Ively in that weird chamber thing when he's all burnt up and his eyes are open for me for whatever reason, that image really stuck with me. And it's one of the images that I think of when I think of the X-Files. So I decided uh, that this was one that we should talk about. And some of the um, character missteps in it are interesting. Mulder has an old flame uh, coming back. I, I didn't even mean it to be a pun. You'll see there's a lot of fire puns in this episode. Um, and you see, you know, uh, certain things that didn't work. And, you know, the stuff that doesn't work also makes a show what it is just as much as the stuff that does work. So I thought it would be, it, so I thought it would be an interesting one to talk about. There's another one. There's another episode coming up later called Young at Heart that also has an image that really, really stuck with me. Um, it may be not an episode that is among the best of the X-Files, but I'm going to be talking about that one as well. Because, again, it's one of the things I think of when I think of the X-Files. So, th so that's fire. The other one, Beyond the Sea, is a really, really, really fantastic episode. There's some important character stuff that happens in it, important story stuff that happens in it. It's got a really, really great um, bad guy, or, you know, and I don't even know if he's a bad guy, but Brad Dourif is in it, and he's absolutely fantastic in it. Uh, it's a really, really, really great episode. It's one of the ones I remember on my most recent rewatch, which I think was probably about four or five years ago now. On my most recent rewatch, that was one of the ones that really grabbed me and jumped out at me. I'd always remembered it, but, you know, last time I watched this one, I really, really, really fell in love with it. And then this time watching it, same thing happened. I was watching it alone in my house. I just moved alone in the dark. And I got really kind of spooked out. I got really scared. Um, those moments when he's walking to the gas chamber are really, really effective and really got under my skin. So it's a really fantastic episode. And um, I got two of my old college humor buddies on to talk about this one, uh, Pat Castles and Jeff Rubin. Um, Jeff Rubin is not with uh, College Humor anymore. Now he's at um, BuzzFeed, but um, he's, they're both really fantastic. They're really good friends. They love the show. They're, you know, very funny, interesting guys. So I really, really like this. Uh, I really like this podcast. And this is also the first one that we recorded in my backyard uh, in the new house I just moved into. So maybe this will become the regular spot for recording these shows. And it's kind of interesting it, it, as the... You know, we record it in the evening and it gets darker and darker and we're talking about this sort of scary stuff. It really sort of, uh, I think it changes the feel of the recording a little bit. I think we comment on it at one point. Um, so enjoy this episode. Um, and please, your, your emails have been absolutely fantastic. So please keep emailing me. Um, here you go. Please welcome to the show, Jeff Rubin and uh, Pat Castles. Thanks so much for coming, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, Jeff Rubin us. from the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. Hello. Formerly College Humor. Yes. And Pat Castles, currently College Humor. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for coming. Uh, so, uh, what are your, what's your history with the X-Files? Have you guys looked like fans when it came out? What's your stories? 
Uh, do, I watched it when I was a kid. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan. Like, I probably watched it for like two or three years, probably at like the peak of its per- popularity when it was really big. Yeah. It's weird, you know, I was thinking watching these episodes, which I had zero recollection of. I might have seen them, I might not have, but like at the time, you know, I'd, I'd try to watch it on Sunday nights, but if you missed one, like you yeah. had to catch it again in reruns in six months. And oh, if you yeah. didn't, like it was gone forever. Yeah, this is even when it was on Friday nights. So, they, so, wow, right. so, yeah. so there's a pretty good chance. Like I've I've definitely not seen every X Files, which is what you're doing now, which I love so much, is starting at one and going through it. I've never done that with the show. Okay. Yeah, I think my I was I've have I'm a very big fan, and I I did watch it in its initial run even when it was on friday nights i think they moved it yeah. to sundays eventually yeah, but yeah. um yeah my mom actually is the one who kind of got me into it, which is not nor how many uh, i got got into many of my shows but i remember her because because even though it's a very unique show and it's very sci-fi it's still like a, at its heart in certain ways like a procedural oh it certainly yeah. is like it's uh, csi and stuff and I so think my mom she was just show. like oh this is like law and order like it's just two yeah. law enforcement officers solving a mystery every week yeah and then just by so just by accident and she kind of got wrapped up in it uh, or was very just very into it and kind of she would watch and just you know sometimes on friday nights you just kind of like go and sit in the same room and watch whatever your parents are watching yeah uh, that's how you got that's that's how you spend your friday you nights don't have friends up. or yeah anybody else who would talk to you really and big it surprise. was just pat and i were so... both into the x-files in high school you know <laughs> it's just very yeah it was great it was very very uh it was so mysterious so dark so creepy yeah. it was like a very uh fun thing to watch nothing as a kid. on tv looked like it no like it's it so looks... ahead of its time that's yeah. really stood out yeah. watching it now is that uh it was just like everything almost everything i like now you you can trace a line back to the x-files to some element of it yeah and so yeah there was nothing else like it it, it was so unique and i don't even know if I think people knew that at the time, but like I don't think people realized how influential it was going to be. Well, you guys are watching. We watch episode season one, and at this point, it hasn't really caught on in a big way yet. I was. I'm yeah. curious about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, when when was it popular? Like, are, it it's, wasn't hit out of the gate. No, it's up and up. It goes up. Like I talked about this before, but it, the, season one ranked 108 out of 123 shows on the oh, air wow. or something. So really? like, pretty was, low. But they brought it back because this was because it's time. Fox and it's also Fox didn't have a bunch of stuff going right. on. So what we'll do is I actually Did, have yeah. been going on the message boards and you sort of see like people trying to get like uh, grassroots efforts going and like they're writing into so Fox. Wait, you're going into message boards from the 90s. Yeah, is this Usenet we're talking about. Yeah, awesome. yeah, that kind of shit. Alt. X Files. That's exactly <laughs> what, that. This is the first time. No, I think last episode they didn't have that, and then it started. It was all TV. Is that Jeff's name on there. <laughs> that's crazy. He's, he's, it's it's Ref Jubin. It, it, it's, 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 can you believe like twelve episodes of the X Files aired without people discussing it on the internet? Right. It's, it's impossible. To yeah. It was even now. Like at this at this point, I'll read some of the messages I found. It's not like a huge topic of discussion yet. People are still like, "Oh, I'm glad someone's talking about it." It's not like huge yet but there's like letter writing campaigns and stuff getting organized must, they must have been so pumped when the lone gunmen like show up as characters because that those, that's us those characters <laughs> are like love letters to yeah. those types of people exactly i've never watched that show i'd love to go back and check it out because isn't vince gilligan involved Am I making that up? I don't know. I don't know if I watched, Vince Gilligan is I've only seen actually. the I mean, pilot. I mean, even if Vince Gilligan isn't yeah. involved, like that sounds I, cool. I watched the pilot and then I watched the X Files. Kind of like the, they did a little like they would have these weird little crossovers when yes. the show was on, and then 
they kind of wrapped up yeah. the X File. They wrapped up the Lone Gunman in the X Files because Lone Gunman got canceled. Yes. Yeah. Also, Millennium. Yes, there's Millennium, like a Millennium episode. Millennium also got gets wrapped up in the X Files. Millennium great episode. Both of That's get a great one. Up in the movie, is that right? No, in the show. In the uh, show, Millennium. Don't, it, I don't want to. There's just an episode yeah. of the X Files with Lance Hendrickson. On New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, never, that like know. then wraps up the Millennium storyline. Lone Gunman was like a comedy version of the X Files. Yeah, so they did that stuff, but it was wacky. But also, X Files is a funny show. Oh, it's a very it's, funny it's show. It's pretty funny. Like Mulder's, he's got some good lines. Yeah, he's got great lines. So the first one we watched was Fire, aired December seventeenth, nineteen ninety three, written by Chris Carter, the yeah. creator, um, directed by Larry Shaw. What did you guys think of this? Had you, had you seen it before, Pat? I had seen it, yes. Yes. Um, but I think the, I had not seen it since you know it initially was on, or yeah. it's been a very long time. I don't remember when I saw it, but yeah. I, I do. I did remember it. But at the time, um, like you had kind of warned us that it was not the best episode of right. of, of the season, um, and I was kind of like, all right, we'll see. Like you know, to me, they were kind of all good when I was growing up. I know. I, yeah, totally. I remember. Like part of growing up is realizing that things can be bad. Well, that's true, but also like episode by episode reviews is like a pretty recent phenomenon. That's yeah. right. Really, like being like. This episode's a That's C, a great but point. Like, the, you know, yeah. we, we didn't watch things that way back then. Yeah, yeah, we would just like the show. <laughs> hard, to, yeah. hard to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was pretty bad. You, I, Watching it now as an adult and as someone it's who... It's not like, great. Yeah, yeah, it was really like just shockingly tone deaf from like any other X-Files episode I've yeah. ever seen. Well, it starts off, I remembered not liking it, and then it starts off and Mulder and Scully have that sort of fun interplay when they're getting into the car where yeah. he's like, the door's unlocked and she's like, it must be an X-Files. So I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Right. And I think that's the only part that feels <laughs> fun. Well, then he has a good line where she, there's a cassette tape and a cassette tape. It's yeah. So much fun watching the show, all yeah. the technology stuff. Oh, yeah. Like when she, they're like, Dramatically waiting for a fax to appear from the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a composite of the guy. Oh, that's right. And but, but I thought I found the tape actually that to me that was the beginning of the like uh oh kind of part of watching it because there was, it's a just was so unlike it was just so James Bondy or so Mission Impossible of like oh yeah this person who you've never met just yeah. has a new adventure for them and the show as insane as it is in many ways there's aliens there's conspiracies there's monsters. One thing that was cool about it was how low key and how real it felt to yeah. me at least growing up, and even still now when you watch the really good episodes. Yeah, this something about this felt a little too like here's your mission of the week. Well, it's also weird because the tape is like a bit. That yeah. lady, the Scotland Yard lady, is like doing a bit when she oh, needs man. these FBI people to help. People are dying. Oh right, it makes so much it's sense a bit. that this is a early. It, it's such. It's very obviously an early episode of the show. They're like. Let's, well, you know, they're trying stuff. They're like, maybe Mulder has an old friend from school. And oh, like, yeah. She screams like potential recurring character who was never brought and back. It's, oh, she know? was supposed to be. And then they were like, they have no chemistry yeah, together. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And they, and they were trying, it, it also, yeah, they were supposed to have this sizzling romance that we yeah. didn't see. And she's making all these references. I think there's a reference to them like having sex on Arthur Conan Doyle's yeah. grave. Is that yeah. canon? Is that, <laughs> is that I something guess that is. happened? I, and then I, I did like go on Wikipedia and someone like showed a picture on like, some message board of Arthur Conan Doyle's grave. And it's like not a sexy, like. It's not fuckable. Yeah. It's like a very normal, depressing <laughs> At grave. At best, in you could do one or two positions. <laughs> <laughs> this is. 
but and yet, that seems very. Also, that's very Ed Mulder like having it does. sex. Like, well, that's even the, in college, even ten years ago, it's hard to imagine that that's Mulder in definitely. college. It just feels yeah. out, of char- out of character. For it him. really does feel out of character that he would date this woman who's kind of she kind of sucks. She sucks the whole time. She's having an affair with the guy that she's trying to protect. <laughs> I'm so tacked on. That, that oh yeah, part, it came I was out of like, nowhere. Oh, also, she's also you know also she's yeah. a slut. <laughs> that's yeah. a, one of the horrible lines when they first meet, which is so un Mulder like. It, it, it is Mulder like in that it's dramatic, but what she says, oh come on, don't tell me you left your sense of humor in Oxford ten years ago, which is such a clunky exposition <laughs> yeah, yeah, line no, anyway. Totally. And then he says, no, actually, it's one of the few things you didn't drive a stake through. Uh, like, yeah, I'm yeah. I was not enjoying the beginning of this episode, but I got to admit, by the end of it, I was kind of into it. Um, I don't know why. I think the villain was pretty good. That I, he, that guy good. was great. Do you know who that guy is? Do either of you recognize him? You both seen him and stuff. I didn't. I didn't. But I, th- I did. What's IMDb he in? Him he in that is. Was, um, yeah. He's well. He's. He's on Supernatural, which is a show I've never seen. I've never seen people like that. He's show. like, um, I, as I as I understand it, I've never seen it. He's like a popular recurring character. But what you guys have seen him in is he's Romo Lampkin on Battlestar Galactica. See, I don't know Battlestar. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you got to check like out lo- Battlestar. He's, like a, lo- he, he's a lawyer. Next podcast. In one once you're done with the X Files, <laughs> he's a lawyer in one season. Sounds great. Guys. He's actually <laughs> one of the most annoying characters on that show. But I, what I, when I see that guy, and he's like a character actor, so you see him pop up. What I always recognize him from is he's on Serenity, or he's in Firefly, and he's in one or two episodes, and then he's also in the movie. Serenity. What's, that's right. He's What's Badger. He? He's kind of like the uh, oh. like the unscrupulous guy they sometimes that's make deals right. with. That guy's great. Yeah, he's great on that. Yeah, but the other thing. Well, like, he's on like two episodes. X-Files. And they brought him back for the movie, so like you know they like That's him. what's cool about watching rewatching season one, or season one in particular, and other early seasons, but all these, so many random actors who you see in so many great stuff, so many great things yeah. now pop up in like almost every episode has oh, one yeah. actor that way before way before they blew up or way before yeah. they started appearing in like these are really other great TV shows. Well, the, Which reminds me, I can't wait till we get to the next episode, by the way. Okay. Oh, sure, sure. Well, the British lady who's the Mulder's like old flame, pardon the pun, is... Uh, <laughs> she does say that uh, there's a line in this episode where she's like, uh, doesn't he's like she's he's not he, like he's not here and she's like that doesn't mean there won't be some fires or yeah, something like that. There's a lot of that. There's a first oh, the of all, last line is really weird. What is the last line? It's the, as the villain is like on fire and like dying. dying yeah. He's like he's laughing in like this yeah. Joker-ish kind of way, which I was kind of cool but like weird. Yeah. And he's like ah. Yeah. And he says you can't fight fire with fire. Yeah. And he like dies. <laughs> well, he doesn't die. Oh, he doesn't. No, because right. he his skin is regenerating quickly. So I think That's it's implied. At the end, when he's like, he looks in, good in the iron lungish thing, and like yeah. they built this super prison for him. I thought that part yeah. was kind of an effective, it was creepy cool. ending. The other thing that was cool is that like this is a big stunt episode for the X Files. Like if you're a show in the '90s pre CGI, yeah, like what's the biggest thing you could do? It's yeah. fire. Like, yeah, that's the only like well, we got know? fire. Yeah, so this is this is like the fire. They, episode. Def- they definitely got the guy from Backdraft. Totally, that was like <laughs> that was like his decade. This was probably a really expensive episode. And a cor- uh, on the Wikipedia, it sounds like we all like it's it's great that we all have the same viewing experience. Like yeah. IMD being the actors. But yeah. On the Wikipedia, so I mentioned that just because, like, I don't have a citation for this, you know? It's almost like rumor. But it mentions that, um, what's his, David Duchovny has a permanent scar, scar on his from hand. from this, yeah. And you can, I think you can see it in the, in one of the shots when he's running down the hallway. There's a part where he, like, burns his hand. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, and it, 
doesn't have anything to do with it. So I think that might be the moment. Can you imagine having a permanence like every day, David DeCoveney? From looks, like one of the worst episodes oh, of yeah. the season. Look at that. And is he just like oh, reminded of the episode on yeah. a regular basis, you know? It's like Macbeth. Uh, another thing I didn't love about the episode was this is the, because you know the it, shippers where it's like the will they won't they with mm -hmm. Mulder and Scully. Yeah. It hasn't really started yet. This episode kind of jumps the gun a little bit yeah, where it makes Scully like kind of jealous of this woman. They had some good moments. I thought Gillian Anderson's really good in it. There's this where uh, the British woman, by the way, who's from Flash. Did you guys watch the Flash TV show? show? No, I did not watch the Flash. No, I, I know it exists, which I, is, I feel it. like puts me ahead of most people. She's like a scientist lady in that. We're talking about the new Flash, right? I know we're talking about the old Flash. <laughs> I have the new one. This is post-Flash or mid during while she was on the Flash? or? Oh, I don't know. She's Might also be... married to Corbin Benson. Corn... Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. They Bad. both lucked out. <laughs> they talked yeah. about her more than anyone in, in the last 15 Amanda years. Amanda Pays is her name. She's great. Yeah. She but was, the, she, I thought, you know, yeah. it was not her fault at all. Like, she, definitely it's not, not her fault. She kind of seems like she's Mulder's, like, babysitter or something. It's, like, they have a weird, their vibe really, is weird. You know what it feels like? It's a very clumsily written episode, and it feels very, you know, I'm speculating who knows what actually happened, but it feels very network noty. where, like, Maybe Mulder should have an old girlfriend yeah. who like throws a wrench in the works. Yeah, you know? there's like, also an episode that uh, called Jersey Devil where like Scully goes on a bunch of dates. So they're like clearly trying to figure out yeah. what these characters are, what the relationships are. I didn't love. There's a good part where she says like, "Oh, goodbye to Scully," where like she forgot to say goodbye to her, you know. Mm -hmm. And Scully like kind of does this little wave yeah, to yeah, her yeah. that I thought was a really great moment. But I didn't like that it really sort of brought. Uh, up to surface that sort of well they won't they thing which at this point doesn't feel right with Mulder and Scully's See, characters. I, kind of, I was thinking about it while I was watching it and it did feel like they were focusing too much on just sexuality in yeah. general like yeah. if I cared about sex I wouldn't be a kid watching the X-Files on a Friday night anyway <laughs> but she, but I actually thought Jillian. Well, I cared was, a lot about sex and I was still <laughs> watching yeah. the X-Files it was torture <laughs> Yeah. Um, I actually thought Jillian actually did pretty I feel like if you watch from a certain angle, I think she played it. She didn't overplay the jealousy too much. No, I much. thought she was really good. It was more like, to me, I read her performance more as frustration yeah. that Mulder was distracted by this woman, and which he's trying to solve like a very important case. Yeah, here. well, there's that line where he says to Scully, he's like, oh, I was merely extending her, extending her a professional courtesy. And she's like, oh, is that what you were extending? Ooh. Just like a boner joke. She does like a boner joke. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how many boner jokes she does over the course of that. That was like, there was that, I think in the original broadcast, they actually brought in some like hoots and hollers from <laughs> children. Yeah, like when Kramer comes in, that kind of. But they I, all I was really impressed by Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny watching them just like, both of them are just, I mean, like we know they're good and they're, you know, I, I just haven't actually watched the show in a while. I was like, these two are really great actors. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a really, like, it's an iconic performance now, you know, uh, yeah. the two of them. And they're both so really understated, great. too, which I think yeah. is what really makes it makes the show, that's what makes the show one of the things that makes it so oddly plausible in these crazy scenarios is how oh, yeah. not Mel, how just, these are they're very dry about it yeah. they're like almost shockingly underplayed performances I feel like they they almost never even show that much expression yeah and that. I think you're right that's what sort of grounds it so that you can have like British people who can set fires with their mind yeah. and have it not be crazy they're also so young and like yeah. I looked up I looked up how old David Deco David Duchovny went at the time this episode was filmed is a year older than I am now but he like hey feel, so you got a great year ahead of you <laughs> I just but you, it's, you have a year to it's still feel like, I still feel like he's like <laughs> 
so much older than oh, me, I but know. I'm essentially looking well, at a Well, that's what happens. I, I think when you see people who are older than you when you were kids, they're always older than you. I know. You. I watched Saved by the Bell, and like Mark yeah. Paul Gossler, who you know, is yeah. like 17 or 18. He's like a teenager when he shot yeah. that. But when I watch Saved by the Bell, I still feel like I'm looking at a 35-year-old. Exactly. You know? like, I still feel like I'm looking yeah, at someone like, older than like me. Like authority, yeah. yeah. I think Gillian Anderson was like 23 or 24 when yeah. she Oh, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. When she, she, Which is shocking. She does a British accent in this episode. She's British. Is that, that's her, is that her real voice? Well, I know. Noticed it is her real voice, and I was shocked. I didn't find that out until a couple of years ago when I was watching her on Conan. And I was like, "What the fuck happened to Julian <laughs> Anderson?" But she's apparently uh, raised in Britain, and she's doing an American accent for the X Files. And there's a couple parts where she's talking to Amanda Pays, where her accent comes out. You know how people sometimes mimic accents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It comes out, and at the end, she does like a fake British accent, which I think is her real is British really, accent. Yeah, that's so yeah. weird. It's like Inception. Um, well, you guys were talking about like the sex thing with. Oh, there's a. Should we hold for this? It's a fire. We're outside, by the way. Oh my god! <laughs> this is perfect. Leave it in. This is go. <laughs> well, there's a lot of like the. What's um, his name? Cyrus O'Shaughnessy <laughs> is on a foot. It's the most British name because his name is Cecil Lively. And then it becomes Cecil Lively. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. Even yeah. more British. His brilliant, his brilliant disguise. <laughs> you know what's kind of cool? The, that the paint was the the inflammant. Am I using the chemical term correctly? Oh. Like the paint was the fuel that would start the fires. I think that's what was going on, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Like as the handyman. Accelerant. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Accelerant. That's, that's right. the point of the show. As the handyman, he was like painting the house in the accelerant. That's, that's a clever twist. Well, was he also like a painter? Was he painting the women? Yeah, I guess I'm only 70% sure the when women? I just said is correct because the paintings went up too and I was like oh so he's like painting the deck yeah. and the paintings because he but the painting wasn't it he's like oh that looks like you the husband says oh, so has God. he been making those paintings as well and how many talents does this guy have I, don't know, I thought it was implied because the paintings go up first when the house goes up yeah I, so I thought it was I don't know now that I'm apparently in the production notes of this episode I found that they had to do a lot of editing to make it work and there was a lot of extra stuff so you guys were saying there's like sexual stuff in this with uh, like fire so clearly someone had decided, like, fire, hot, let's make yeah. it hot and steamy because there's the arson guy who's the arson expert who's like a fucking sex weirdo guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. which I thought kind of pred- predicted the lone gunman just a little bit in terms that of, like, kind of guy? super geeky science guy. Yeah, he had, like, the line where he's like, fire has its own demon poetry. I love, like, I love <laughs> I thought that was kind of, like, Did beautifully you? baroque. Uh, I was like, he probably says that every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's his line he pulls out. Um, and then... Um, the other thing that's horrible about this episode that I remembered it being so terrible and when I watched it again was even worse than I remembered is uh, Mulder's fear of fire yeah. origin backstory yeah. thing. That weird. scene where he says, he says, I hate fire. Hate it. I'm scared to death of it. It's like we're all scared of fire. Yeah. This is, fire is bad. This, all our bodies can't handle fire. <laughs> this is I don't weird. like being burned. It's a thing since childhood. Yeah, we all are. We're all sensitive to no, fire. No, it's different for me. <laughs> yeah. That, and oh, and then he says Phoebe is fire at one point. Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. The fire Mulder. never literally that's just saying this. Again in, the, in the course of the show, Nope, right? that's that, not. I don't think that's canon. I think they've like sort of dropped that. Well, well, he, well I mean, I, I think that's because he overcame it at the end of this episode. Oh, with like a tiny come towel. Up again. That's yeah. Good. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's like totally an acceptable answer. But it was a prequel. Then he's like him just being terrified of fire. <laughs> there, yeah, I bet you if you go, well, you've seen, you've, you've, have you seen every episode of season one up until this one? I mean, uh, I skipped a couple this time, but I've seen every episode, yes. Is there, maybe there is a scene where he is like 
being near some fire and is not scared or whatever. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't there seem that. Be. He never seems that scared of it though. And, and even in this episode, like no, yeah. not as scared as he's not like you and I would be. Yeah. yeah, the hallway scene is he's pretty cool. When the hall is completely on fire, or Martian Manhunter. When the hall is completely on fire, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's a no, cool it looks event. good. Yeah, the yeah. fire looks good, and there's a part. That's the episode though. Like they started there and worked backwards. They were like, uh, what if Mulder's in a hall that's on fire? What yeah. would that be like? It, there's a part where Cecil O'Leary sets that hallway on fire, and if you watch, he's in the background. You can see him like get down and duck away, and then it cuts back, and he's still there. So clearly, the fire got sort of out of hand, and he had to like run yeah, away, yeah. and they that's, couldn't cut around it. It is, yeah. The, the idea of shooting something. I mean. Fire is now. I'm gonna talk. I'm the pyro guy from the episode. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk the scientist or like a character from Backdraft. But like, fire does seem very unpredictable, and it seems like one oh, of the yeah. most dangerous things you could actually do on a film set. Yeah, there's almost there's no TV show ever uses fire anymore, right? No, like that's not. A it's thing. all so CG it's hard to do and in stuff. CG yeah. too. It, looks, it always looks really fake. Yeah. I feel like when you do it CG. Have you guys seen a? You know, I've since I watched the X Files ten years ago or whatever. I watched all of Fringe. I got into Fringe a few years oh, ago. Oh, people really like that show. It's, a, it's okay. I watched the first couple. It's episodes. up and down. Like, there's actually like a season or two of it. I love the last season. When it's good, it's amazing. But um, it's so X Files based, like down to like mo- some monster of the week and some major arc. Episode. They were pretty open about yeah, yeah, it totally. being based on X Files. But it also has cold opens, just like X Files, and it made me wonder: Did X Files invent the sci-fi cold open? Well, if you see like Breaking Bad, it's very similar cold opens. Yeah, so, like, that's X- X-Files has these very specific kind of cold opens, yeah. and I think a lot of shows, like one of the Law and Orders, uh, one of the newer ones, opens. Mm-hmm. yeah, they have those things where like some kind of crime happens, yeah. and then, you know, our guys show up later. Yeah, the Breaking Bad ones, though, I think are very next level, because some- sometimes they're so abstract, they have they don't like, they don't necessarily like, you know, the X-Files, the cold open was almost always the, like... The, the supernatural movie. thing, yeah. Except, I feel like the next one, which we have, I don't want, I don't want to jump the yeah. gun, but like that was interesting. That, yeah. that was interesting. I made a note of that. Yeah, um, there's a phrase that Mulder uses where you know when he's um, he has to go rescue the kids, and then the bad guy pretends to be the good guy and rescues the kids. You remember that? Yeah. And then yeah. he phrase says, he says the phrase he says is he's like, I haired out, plain and simple. Have you guys heard that haired phrase? out? <laughs> he says, I haired out. No, I listened to it four times. <laughs> <laughs> I haired out, plain and simple. Like you can't just make up phrases. Major of humor winding. Yeah, the third time, yeah. still not convinced. <laughs> haired out? We haven't heard that, have we? That's no, not a, definitely not. That's not. Maybe a, it's like maybe like maybe the, they shot. Maybe it's like they. That's Canadian slang that like someone they picked up from being there. Like, hey, haired out, hooser. <laughs> <laughs> there's also there's a great moment there, which I think also proves that it was too early to like start doing a Mulder Scully yeah. sex thing, where he's sort of with Scully and he's wearing his uh, bath bathrobe or whatever, and then the the British girl comes in and he covers himself up. So he was okay, sort of being comfortable around Scully, but when she comes in, he's like more mm, yeah. self-conscious. That's true. So that also implies he's more comfortable with Scully in like a non-romantic. He also way. takes his shirt off towards oh, yeah, the he end does. when like Scully kind of gives him that new. He's like he's kind of given up on the whole case for whatever reason. And then Scully, like, gives, she's like, oh, look, I, I discovered, it was when you discovered the apostrophe in his name. Lively. And Mulder's like, let's get on this. Tears yeah, his he shirt tears off right shirt in front off. of Scully. Yeah. Very sexual. Yeah. That moment was more sexual to me than the, anything between him and the British woman. Yeah. Um, that was a cool moment because you see Scully, because uh, you guys haven't been watching, I've been watching the first season, you know, the, the template is that she's like, this is, I don't want to do this case, this is bullshit, and Mulder's driving her. So here they kind of flip it a little bit, and the next wow. episode they flip it way more. Damn. 
definitely. Where she's kind of like doing the legwork while yeah. Mulder is, you know, herring out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and oh, another thing uh, they had was, so, so the guy, the bad guy, he's sort of in love with the woman. Man, I, his, it's so I under clear. Why what was he happened? in the bar other than to do that cool thing? You yeah, know? why was he in the bar? Why was he, he was in love with that woman or something? Why was he killing these people? Was that ever established? I do not remember. I, I was sober when I watched it. It was, yeah. I was not half asleep. I just feel like I didn't remember. I, it seemed like, yeah, it was kind of an inordinately complex plot. It was very like, I think maybe they were going for like a Hitchcock thing. Not Hitchcock thing. A um, Sherlock Holmes type thing where it was this like, you know, Hound of the Baskervilles. Because it's, you know, English Manor. And there's like all sorts of like, there's a uh, love triangle. And then, yeah. and then I think he, there's a couple of references to Sherlock Holmes in the episode. Like, yes, there are. It's course, a three-pipe problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. One, and, and then they fuck, let's fuck on his grave or whatever. <laughs> and then just being like a mystery on a British hill is very British in general. Also, yeah. that family, speaking of that family, was like so over-the-top British. Yeah, the oh, kids. so British. <laughs> were they in England? They were in America, though, right? Yeah, they, were, they like, come to America. Yeah. yeah, they're in the in their. Like, what in, a nice chap that was! Just like yeah. stuffy, like yeah. Even their driver is like super British. I did like the image of the driver like dead over the toilet. Yeah, that was cool. That was that's what again when like in the ending when it started to work for me a little more. Yeah, yeah I think I'm like, even this like this wasn't a great episode of the X Files. Maybe it's just because it's the first one I've watched in a long time. Uh, I had a great. I was like, yeah. not bad. I no, know, let's keep going. For a bad one, not bad. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I also like X Files kind of had. To, there's like this. I think a lot of. Shows in general, but maybe especially like sci-fi shows, or you kind of have your like fit boxes you have to check. And I think pyrokinesis is like in one of those. You got to X fight. You you got to do a pyrokinesis yeah. at some point. Unfortunately, they this was their swing, and it and it was a miss. How about I, the part where they explain his origins, and they were like. He was kidnapped as a baby, and they had performed the satanic rituals on him or something. But that was out of nowhere, and was, like, that were referenced again. I was like, all right, cool. Show yeah. me that. I want to see that. Show me that yeah. episode. Show me that. Well, his thing, like, you don't really get what he's about, because they call him a maladjusted loser and antisocial, but he doesn't seem to be. like yeah, he, he just goes to the bar. He's, like, hitting on that woman very successfully before oh, yeah. he burns the place down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in there. Yeah. yeah, and like yes. that's probably the core problem with the episode. Like, yeah, not to keep talking about the next episode, but the next episode's got a great villain, and probably the best X Files episodes all do. And like this yeah. villain, for whatever reason, and I don't think it's the performance. I actually think it's a pretty great performance. That guy's great. Uh, it's uh, just not. There it's was just unclear what he's doing and why. Frankly, you know, there was yeah, one bad sense. part. I thought that he was like it, he was really good when he was kind of had the two face and he was being like very friendly to the people because it was yeah. really creepy. But like there was one part where like the dog barks at him. He's like, "Quiet, you!" Uh, yeah, I'll skin you alive it's or like, something. Like, so, it's like a Disney villain. Why are you shit. talking to? Oh, oh and then buried he, the, is, oh, are you gonna say he buried the person outside? Yeah, and that? he says, "I'm the caretaker now." Like you don't need to say that. Like, <laughs> we've seen that you're not terrified that there's a hand in the dirt. Yeah. Clearly, you put him there. Yeah, this I've noticed that uh, Chris Carter has a lot of these weird sort of lines. To, that people like deliver to nobody. Like his episodes have those like weird lines. He wrote stuff. this one, right? Yeah, he wrote. What about one. the uh, another interesting part about this guy's superpowers is like he's also some sort of poisoner because the way he kills the driver is not at all fire related. I think. Well, I think no. I think that I, what whatever I, what I, he puts in the cough syrup, it's an accelerant. Oh, and then he it's burns an accelerant. It. They, you yeah, love that you thought I it. Yeah, that word. Sorry, but yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. that is explained. My fault. That, that they mentioned. There's that. another weird moment there where the guy is like coughing a lot and he leaves and he and then Cecil lively looks at the cough syrup and it's like maybe it's the cough syrup yep, like yep. don't say that yeah, totally. just look at it <laughs> also, we know it's like very clearly set up by the show he's like can i buy you anything and he's like yeah. how about some cough syrup yeah. and he's like don't, and he's like sneering and he's like yeah. 
don't worry about paying. <laughs> it's like we got it. It's evil cough syrup. Uh, yeah, I'll get <laughs> evil cough syrup Understood. is part of his they, thing they, too. They spell it out enough that like you that was the original name of the episode. Uh, so this episode actually uh, did pretty well in the ratings. I've started sort of talking about the ratings of the show <laughs> uh, because it's interesting no, to see how sure. the show like sort of yeah. it starts pretty high and then it really dips. Like so the the last episode I talked about was an episode called Fallen Angel, which is one of my favorite episodes, and it's like really hits rock bottom there, and it's the lowest rated. Uh, episode of the entire run of the X-Files and it's one of the best that, ones. Yeah, yeah. But what happens in all of these is I've noticed that if there's a bad episode, the next one goes down and if there's a good episode, the next one goes up. That makes sense though, right? Yeah, it does I think make that kind of works with movies too. Like I think you see that with movies where if there's a bad sequel, the bad sequel will do well, but then because it did well, they'll try again, and the next and then one, it no won't. one will come out right. for. You see that with movies too. I can also imagine as a kid, you know, and this is back before the internet was really a huge thing, so the really only tastes of the next episode you have is like next week on the X-Files yeah, um, or this sun, this Friday in the X-Files and it's like this Friday in the X-Files like hot British woman and fires everywhere I'd yeah. be like done I'm there I'm yeah. watching oh you should watch I, like I bet X-Files commercials which are presumably there's at least some of them on YouTube I bet are amazing oh I should find them because last time I talked about some of the Christmas Christmas ones they had and they're pretty good I also want to suggest you do this, yeah. the Simpsons uh, X-Files, X-Files episode you gotta work that in here somewhere yeah 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 I will work that in you know, it makes me remember like I thought about when you were talking about the ratings, like there's a joke in that Simpsons where they're, um, or is it, I guess maybe that's not the X-Files one. You know what? Never mind. It's a different Simpsons. But they're like, Fox needed to fill a few holes on their schedule. And yeah. they show it and it's just X-Files, Melrose Place, and the rest is question marks. Yeah. And you're like, wow, the X-Files must have been really popular for a time. You know what's funny? Like, for well, ha- for Fox, it was just X-Files and Simpsons for the longest time. Remember they were doing yeah. those when bees attacked. Yeah, that shit. That's they were the doing that for a long time. I love that stuff, though. <laughs> I did like that, too. I feel like... <laughs> Well, there were a lot of those that was like those weird kind of pre-reality. I don't really consider it reality. Yeah, so about it, there were pre-reality shows. Most, I think, I would say, you know, most of the TV, especially like new programming that I was watching at the time, was Fox. Like I watched The Simpsons all the time, watched The X Files all the time, watched Married with Children all the time. That's oh, what's so yeah. weird to me when you and, talk. And I watched all of those animals attack things. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about how Fox didn't have a lot of hits at this time, and it was like new, and like this show was like fledgling. Um, like that was not my perception, and I think I was like nerdy slash savvy enough, even as a kid, to like know that Fox was new and wasn't always successful. But I always felt like when I was watching it, it was success. I was yeah. watching it, and like I was watching these shows. Yeah, and I think that lo- the, the the when animals attacks or like alien autopsy type, those like oh, weird yeah. trashy specials. I think a lot of those came after the X Files kind of got well, popular. Well, the the uh, alien autopsy one for sure. I remember watching. Yeah, that. alien autopsy. Yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I think you might have gotten me that as a birthday present. Wasn't that that, that weird science like coffee table book? I, don't I think got this so. as a president. I got this like really cool, you know, those like in the 1950s, those comic books that were like weird science, like true tales of, of course, the paranormal yeah. or this or whatever. These yeah. are, this really happened, and it was very cool to read those. But obviously, those are way before my time. But I feel, and this this all came maybe I thought about all this in rewatching these episodes and just how much I watched Fox at the time. But like though, like that alien autopsy thing to me is like our version of that. It's like. That was a prime time network thing that mm-hmm. aired. Oh, they and pushed the fuck out of it. It was yeah. great, and like yeah. in retrospect, it's insane that that was like a, yeah. <laughs> rejected as real news. But yeah. I made it up. It was perfect for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great for us. So this episode uh, terrible seven... for humanity in general. <laughs> but great for us. Yeah, it's, it's we're still feeling the repercussions of what they did that night. Uh, December seventeenth, nineteen ninety three is what it airs. It has a household rating of six point eight uh, and six point 
four million households watched it. So it sort of starts to go back up. Like the lowest one, I believe, was like a five. So this is almost, you know, two million more than that. When did it hit? Not season one? Not season one. Season two is better. Season three... Four, five is where it really wow, hits. Wow, that's so unusual. Like today, yeah. you know that never happens. And then happens. five starts at its biggest point. The movie comes after five, but it at some point during season five is when it starts going down. So when ratings the movie wise comes out, or yeah. Wise? No, not quality wise, ratings wise. And when the movie comes out, it's already on its way down. I a think bit. the movie. I remember feeling that too. I tried to think about when I stopped watching it because it's weird. Like everyone stopped watching it. I think very few people made it through to the end. You know, right? Yeah, Did yeah, you? of course. No, yeah, I did. I think very few people. And I was trying to remember when I stopped watching it, and it's hard to remember watching it after the movie because I think after the movie. The movie didn't have any answers. I was like, yeah. all right, this is just never they happening. Had some answers, I feel like. They should have, yeah. I, I don't, mean, I've talked about it on here before, but they should have ended the big story with the movie, done another season yeah. of just fun episodes, and then but this be was, like, done. this is a new thing. Like, And I think Lost is probably the show that pioneered it, maybe HBO to a degree, yeah, sure, too. Yeah. Just like knowing when you're going to end. Like in 1992, whatever year this was, like, you could not plan an ending a TV show like no. They're it was clearly they they were. I've been looking up like so, and I'm gonna go to those next like interviews with the writers and them talking about the show. They're very open about the fact that they were kind of making it up as they went along. Yeah, they yeah. had no like big plan. Yeah, I mean hmm. now like that's such a recent phenomenon to be allowed to like like put the sh- you know put the show down when it's over instead of like yeah like Game of Thrones is like we have seven seasons we know exactly what happens you they, know is that true yeah. they're ending it after seven I think they yeah they have a very specific number of seasons wow. well you know it's, it's seven books there's like a finite amount of Game of Thrones <laughs> right. but even something like Breaking Bad or um uh, Mad, Mad Men, Men. Yeah. yeah, they have a plan. Um, oh, so Mulder, if you remember, you know his fear of fire comes because his friend's house burned down. Sure. And he has to like protect it. So that's from Chris Carter. Like that happened to him. So that's where that's from. Yeah, Mulder had a horrible childhood. Yeah, sister abducted. A friend's house burned down. down. <laughs> I mean, one of those will fuck you up. For also, that, it was weird. Like we, they had to stay inside the house to protect it from bandits. It's that's, on, that's the Chris it's Carter on detail. Fire. Yeah, that's the Chris Carter. He <laughs> says that happened. that's what he had to do. Yeah. And so he got a fear of fire and he wanted to have one like where Mulder had a fear of fire and Mulder uh, David Duchovny says he did not like this episode because of the fear of fire thing he said he's probably just mad he got burned permanently yeah <laughs> he did not like it uh, apparently with Mulder and Phoebe uh, who's the British woman there was a lot more in the script like of emotions and stuff a lot more to their relationship that they then ended up cutting out of the episode because mm. they felt it didn't work there was also a lot more references to the psychological makeup of a pyromaniac and there were a lot of like marital analogies where he sort of talks about how he's sort of the fire as his bride or something. So there's like a sexual component to it too that they took out. So maybe that's why his character doesn't make sense because well, a lot there's of There's a it... hint of that with Scully's when uh, there's it's a lot, half of it is told in VO, but Scully's giving the psychological profile. Of yes. Yeah. I think a lot of stuff is like, you know, in, in that sort of Law and Order, X-Files, cribbed way is kind of true. Like I've heard that oh, yeah. there's an arousal thing to it. There's I'm a not sexual... a psychologist or anything. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be, you know, why didn't you reveal this earlier if you were? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I, no, I just, I'm sure there's like some people. I just there's probably a lot of psychologists listening to the show. Certainly, yeah. that are like you're wrong or pyromaniacs. You know what's surprising is that I'll get to the message boards, but a lot of the people commenting on the message boards are like professors and like science people and stuff. That's really like, cool. Like, their signatures are all like professor at the University of Arizona and shit like it's that. It's smart. I mean, it's probably the, it's almost certainly the smartest show on TV at the time. You know, on like a network TV. Uh, yeah. You know, like if you think about the other not including shows, PBS. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I guess I'm thinking of PBS, but even cable didn't have anything yet. So if you look at like the other shows that were on in 1992, I mean, what else was on then? Even 
I don't yeah, even know. I don't remember. I don't know. This is 93. I have no idea what else. I mean, certainly oh, in terms of the... Briscoe Ar- County Jr. was on. Oh, a lot Briscoe of the people County are talking Jr. about Briscoe County Jr. Oh, on the it message was on, board. Was it on the same night? Yeah, I think Briscoe County and then X-Files. Gotta love Briscoe. I believe that's what it was. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah. So they said that they cut a lot of the stuff with the relationship that didn't work. Oh, and this part where Cecil Ivory is like whistling the wedding march while he's setting things on fire. They took that out. So there's a whole uh. like psychosexual component to it. That's it really like, narrative. I didn't really, at the time, it didn't occur to me how narratively kind of messy it was, you know? And I'm, yeah. I, I don't, like, I'm so, I, I, I'm pretty forgiving usually, especially yeah. with like actual real TV shows that are real on, on real networks and whatever. But like, yeah. this, but these are things I'm like, what? Like, you, so many things you're telling me. I, I mean, these things are cut out of the show, but like, I came, I just forget <clears throat> I feel like I just even I think maybe I was just paying attention to all the pyrotechnics or something, but like I well, was not. Yeah, well, for, it did not operate. It didn't this was not firing in all cylinders no. narratively. <laughs> oh, there you yes, go. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fire analogy. Uh, didn't really come to a boil this episode. Uh, lukewarm, I would say. There was a I, I you <laughs> 30 know thirty minutes later. <laughs> I've I love love. <laughs> yeah, I'm just fucking going off on puns go, for man. a while. Um, I love the show and I've watched it so many times because of this podcast. I'm sort of looking at it a lot more critically. So it's interesting to sort of. Start to figure out why I like the episodes I like, why I don't like, why I don't like the ones I don't like. Um, and then Chris Carter actually says that he earlier said that it's a very popular episode. He's, but he never really liked it. He said it was uh, generally well directed, but the show felt very, very uh, wide to me, very loose and lacking some things. That's from X Files Confidential. And he said that the chemistry didn't work out. Uh, they wanted her to be a recurring character. Do you That's think from official guide to the X Files? Do you think like just, um, what, what you just said in terms of rewatching it, you're trying to like figure out what you did, and what did, did not work, or whatever. Like, are you arriving? Have, do you think you're arriving at an answer to that, or what have you learned in this rewatch in terms of why when, why does the show work or not work on a given episode? I think it works completely based on Mulder and Scully and their dynamic, and it's interesting to see how the different writers treat the characters differently. So there's uh, uh, Glenn Morgan and James Wong who wrote. Who, uh, James Wong, who wrote the next episode, favors Scully. So in their episodes, Scully's kind of right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the uh, Howard, uh, Alex Ganza and Howard Gordon, who then went on to create Homeland. I thought that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those they, guys. They wrote the fi- next one, right? They uh, No, the next one is Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Uh, I thought it was so like that's why like, Scully's kind of right in the next one. Uh-huh. And then their episodes, Mulder's kind of right. But what's interesting is. Uh, in both their episodes, these characters still seem consistent. So even when Mulder is like sort of freaking out and wrong, it feels like uh, consistent with his character. When he's right, it feels consistent with his character. So my favorite ones are the ones where the chemistry is good, but where the characters feel consistent too, and the, the mysteries yeah. aren't like fucking crazy. That's you know? true, and yeah, their that their dynamic is really important. The, uh, the more I think about it. You know, especially over a show that's, a, you know, I would consider this a higher caliber show than like, you know, uh, Law and Order or something that might have two sort of characters together all the time. But like, like now a lot of shows seem to favor ensembles more, like Lost yes, or whatever, right. or Battlestar. This show, even by the end of it, you know, love it or hate it, like you've lived, and then obviously Mulder leaves for a season and yeah. ever, they switch it up or whatever. But like, you know, for like, I guess from for that period when it was really strong, it's really just about this relationship, this yes. platonic, non sexual relationship between 
these two friends, yeah. these two workers, and yeah. it definitely, yeah, it really that that's that's a good point. And if you guys go back and rewatch the pilot, you'll see like the sparks, and I don't mean like the romantic sparks, like their another, chemistry. Another fire thing, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 get away from this. Uh, I'm, we'll have tons I'm of engulfed puns. in puns. We'll have tons of grief puns in the next one. <laughs> Great. Um, is uh, did they like click so well together? Like the casting of these two, because. I, one thing that keeps coming up over and over is that Fox really wanted like a hot, and I mean, Cindy Anderson is gorgeous, but they wanted like a more traditional like bimbo. Fox the network. No, Fox, Fox the Fox network. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. David, the company was like, give me someone hotter than this. Uh, I mean, she's gorgeous, so I don't know what they're talking about. She of just course. sort of seems like a smart man's. Do you remember the Rolling you know? Stone cover she was on? Yeah. When she was like in the bikini? Yeah. That was crazy. She still looks. Yeah. I mean, she's totally. still absolutely fantastic. Um, So, like I said, I've been going back and looking up message boards. <laughs> we're we're yes, disagreeing yeah. for the wrong reasons. You're like, like, Fox wanted a super, like, a hot, like, objectified babe. And we're but like, they're crazy. She she's is a, a hot, objectified <laughs> babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I totally violate her. Yeah. We're like feminist. That's, that's my <laughs> feminist standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I still want to objectify her. Yeah, but, but I can objectify her. Objectified yeah. by, according to my male gaze. Yeah, I mean, we're children watching it on a Friday night. <laughs> she will do just fine. But no, the, but the, I think the show is actually, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even say it. I don't want to no, go too much. But like, uh, and I think you've touched on, I've listened to the earlier episodes and you definitely touched on this at all, but like the show it, like really does not sexualize her really at all. There's that one scene in the first episode, yeah. but like even by, that was not, to me, I, don't, I didn't find that really sexualized at all. But like, Really, like she's wearing these like big shouldered, like not revealing, sexy, like yeah. fake yeah. cop clothes or whatever. She's right. really, you know, which is why then when that Rolling Stone cover came out, it was kind of like a shock. You know, it was like yeah. seeing, it was like it was like straight like a she's all that moment. That's almost like the freshest. That's almost what feels so new about the show. That's almost the freshest part about it, is that it doesn't do that. You know, yeah, like, and they that, became that like sex really... symbols, like in spite of themselves, kind of like yeah. around season five. There's a lot like I'm looking up pictures and there's pictures of like Mulder with like a teacup over his penis like, and all this <laughs> kind of stuff so but all it all had like this sort of ironic quality a little bit like but there's one where uh, David Duchovny is wearing a um, he's wearing a bikini and she's wearing guys clothes so they're like they became like sex symbols oh, but in like a non-traditional kind well, of she's, way yeah she's yeah. definitely the more I mean if you're going by like 1950s standards like, I mean if uh, Scully is, is it almost the, the the man of the relationship certainly she's a little more. Well, like if you think of like the traditional word, like the guy is like the sort of intellectual one. That's rational. clearly what Scully is. And if you think of like the emotional woman, that's kind of what Mulder is. So it's a, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean we're talking you know in generalizations. Yes, and yes, yes. How they're portrayed, I don't think. <laughs> oh God, the rest of this is just me trying to get out of this. No, no, I started it. I think by talking about. But that. only men are rational. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been going back and looking up the message boards from the time, you know, mm -hmm. just to sort of see like what people are saying about Please, the show. Yeah. And it's interesting as they're sort of discovering what the show is about. I wish about. I could tell them that 20 years from now, their comments on oh, the yeah. Well, I don't board. read their names. Dude, if you did, they'd be like, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> no doy. No doy people course. be quoting this for centuries. These are immortal <laughs> phrases I've written. Yeah. Uh, this one guy said, I really like this episode. Who else really liked uh, Scully's reaction to Mulder and his former flame? I love the looks she got on her face, especially when uh, she came to the hotel and Mulder and Phoebe were dancing, then kissing. That oh, was wonderful. That tuxedo ballroom scene? Yeah, what the that fuck? That weird. dance that was, was weird. weird. That's when yeah. she was like, that, that doesn't mean there's no fire. He's like, he's, he's not here. She's like, that doesn't mean there won't be any fires tonight. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that, they like, really wanted to, like, they really tried to... 
it's kind of because actually I think D- David Duchovny is kind of a sexual being in my opinion. Well, so it's surprising the, how kind of much of yeah. a, a dud this episode was sexually speaking. Well, in the show, Let's keep talking about the sexuality <laughs> of the series. <laughs> well, well, in the show, he's like big, like he's like obsessed with porn and stuff. And I that love sort of that. Starts and there's going a reference on. in the next episode. There's a it. reference in the next episode. That's right. Uh, and now you can see people are becoming fans. So people, this guy's like, has anyone seen or heard anything about an X Files tie-in? novel i hope so this would be a this one would be a great read <laughs> so they watch the show they don't even want a novel of a new episode they want a novelization of this episode oh like not even oh no so he just wants to read the thing he just watched it's cool there um, definitely, yeah there'd be tons of like phoebe's phoebe leered at Mulder, undressing exactly. him with her eyes yeah it was hot thinking of that night on arthur conan sir arthur conan <laughs> oh, doyle's so grave gross. i posted that same comment two weeks ago just like hey anyone heard anything <laughs> did, that, like, did that ever come to pass uh just <laughs> waiting for it uh this guy says i've seen all the x-files episodes i really enjoy the show but it seems to me like this most recent episode with that fire guy is too much like the one with the stretchy guy which is uh Tombs. That's mm-hmm. a. I mean, a stre- uh, squeeze. Inter- that's interesting comparison because there is considered one of the best episodes. Of the season, yeah, but like. they both have the sort of mutant guy who has these supernatural that's powers, true. and mm-hmm. at the end they set it up that they're going to come back. Uh, in both, well, he sort of basically says that, uh, and then he says, "Personally, I think they should just stuck to aliens and the government cover up." So people are at this point realizing that this show is going to yep, have like yep. two different aspects to it, and people are falling on either side of yeah. that uh, divide. You know? Huh. Oh, and then this happens every week. Uh, are the stories portrayed in the series based on occurrences looked into by the FBI? That, I think that uh, goes to Pat's point about the show being so grounded that like people people think it's the real, fact it's insane, or like yeah. Is it real? Like, yeah, there's a lot of that, and then like ten ten comments about yeah. people making yeah, fun it of them. Never really. I mean, you know. I mean, a big part of it is like almost every single episode has the one scene where Mulder references like three tribes in New Guinea that that provide like proof that this is plausible. Like, yeah. she's like pirate. You know, pirate is, is it really that? It's always like, is it really so hard to believe? Yeah, Scully? Like, like, the Anasazi people love. The yeah, world. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Google. There's a there's a search engines, but Google's not a thing yet. I no, think. it is so, not. Google's not. So it's not. like. Uh, it's not easy to look this shit up, people. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. but it's I mean, Alta Vista is fucking hard. And not everybody has computers. It's 93. I didn't have a computer. And 93 people are like, uh, I don't know. Go Alta Vista that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm exactly. sure the things he's saying. Why don't you ask Jeeves yeah. about it? It's like, I'm sure every all these facts he's saying, have, there's some, you know, it's, I'm sure it's, a lot of it's extremely tenuous, you know, not but not by Mulder standards, and it's just like you're just in his head, and you're like, right. okay, like, yeah, I guess I can't explain X, Y, and Z, so I'll I'll go for this ride with you, right? But right. it really, I really, I mean, at its best, it really walked that line amazingly. Like, yeah, and they did also do a good job of like never showing you t- this. Maybe this episode is actually does not accomplish this, and could be it really shows like, you. Well, there's you never th- really see aliens that clearly for a long time. It's yeah, always, like, it's always in that uh, abductee. Way. Right, but the show from the beginning kind of falls on Mulder's side. For the most part, Mulder's right. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there is a conspiracy. There are aliens. These people, like, for the most part, the crazy shit that's happening is really happening. Because it'd be super boring if, yeah. if it was wrong. Well, uh, there's, uh, in the next one, Chris Carter talks about it. Originally, the plan was that it was going to be supernatural, about 50-50 actual real, and then 50-50 oh, hoaxes. that's interesting. And they started writing hoax ones, and they realized that they just weren't as interesting. Like, that hmm. Scooby-Doo shit, you can't do yeah, that yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Scooby-Doo, um, perfect, yeah. And then this comment sort of shows how the, you know, the nerd, like, getting into the minutiae of stuff. Like, this Love is starting it. with this show. Love it. 
Uh, I'm curious about the kind of guns they carry. Yes. Scully appears to have a version of the Makarov. I'm not sure if it's a Russian, Chinese, German, or Bul- Bulgarian version. Mulder seems to have a Beretta, but I haven't been able to get a close enough look. Has anybody been able to identify their guns? And you'd be like, all right, that would be no response. Nope, tons of responses. That information <laughs> is so accessible today. Like, you can yeah, see just look it up. With yeah. It. I'm not sure about Scully, but Mulder has been using a Glock. Good choice. Except <laughs> that FBI standard issue is now a Smith & Wesson. And then someone else says, my opinion about Scully's gun is that it's a Beretta 380, so people are really getting into like the minutia of it. And then there's another person who's like, I'm getting the address for Fox. We have to bombard them with support for the show. I have my letter <laughs> written, and it is on the way. A fax number would be nice, too. That is the best way. And the only way we can save the show, let's have our voices heard. What, what, what is he, what's their goal? To find out what the guns are? <laughs> no, no, this is a different... This is the thread. To keep oh, the show going. <laughs> this is to keep the show going. Oh, oh wow. I'm just someone who enjoys shows of this nature and want them to prevail. Mail your support today. And then anyone know if there's an X-Files fan club? Do you uh, notice any women posting on the board or is it yes, all Yes, there's a lot of women. Cool. A lot of women are posting on the board. And a lot of people Women are, like this show. Like, uh, yeah. so I, defensive. I prob- Such a defensive-looking kuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that. No, well, I, me, I, I thought there might be. I feel like this show probably skews more female than a lot of sci-fi. I have a lot of people emailing sci-fi. me asking to have female guests on the show. And I have, you <laughs> <No>. know. <laughs> yeah, I said no. <laughs> uh, this is a guy's show. Uh uh, but like Emily, Emily's gonna come on. But I want to save like the the she's gonna How'd come. How'd you book Emily? Huh? How'd you book Emily? I went to her agent, <laughs> uh, which is Bagel. <laughs> uh, we uh, so I want she's gonna do the season finale and the next uh, season's uh, opener because that's I fun. think that's a great two parter. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Emma Caulfield, who was on Buffy, is gonna come on and talk about. She oh, picked, she's great. Yeah, she's, she's great. An, Anya, right? Yeah, she yeah. doesn't act anymore, does she? I don't know. I think she stopped acting after Buffy. She, and I don't mean that in like a rude way. Like she yeah. disappeared. Like I just, uh, I think I read that somewhere. And no, I don't she think contacted me, and I was like, "What episodes do you want to do?" And she picked. Uh, She's doing two. the host. She's doing. Uh, oh, that's next season. I haven't figured okay. that out. She's yeah, if you guys want to come back for the host, that would be great. I'd love to come she, back. Yeah, don't. That's a great episode. Also, Buffy would be another show for a good. I'm, I'm only thinking of podcasts you can do after like, two years after this. <laughs> yeah, when done. I'm done with this, Buffy'd be a good one. And then you can do. I've Angel never right seen after. Buffy. There, oh, you, oh, you'd probably like it, especially if you like the X Files. I mean, it's much. It's a little. It's not as serious, like in you know, for better or worse, but. I maybe think I think these they're, they're almost parallel shows because they're kind they're on roughly at the same time, and no they they probably X Files and Buffy yeah like yeah, they, I they, feel they, like Buffy's late nineties X Files early same, wasn't Buffy they, like ninety five there was probably an overlap like yeah, but Buffy's heyday was different from X Files yeah heyday. yeah exactly, well you exactly. know it just maybe in in season one of Buffy because you were talking about Ghost in the Machine the other week which is yeah. like very it's again it's like a it's like it's, like, it's our their techno episode yeah 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 episode. Buffy has the exact same thing oh, they have like they're like possessed computer sure there's like a really important like three point five inch disc in that episode it's like you can't believe what you're watching how can you have that much evil in like 10 megs, though, however much. That one also has, like, a little internet in it, too, where, like... Uh, the Anasazi people had discs <laughs> yeah, with magical powers. Exactly. Buffy like X-Files, some, some rough ones in the first season as the show's figuring itself out. Hey, so that was fire. Soon we will be talking about Beyond the Sea. Before we get to that, uh, let's talk about Squarespace. You know, um, they it's, 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 it's a wonderful, wonderful... Uh, platform it's a one all in one platform makes it easy to create your own professional website it's very simple very easy to use the designs are beautiful uh, and it has drag and drop content i mean that's how we do things right i mean for me it was such a huge thing to be able to drag and drop on a computer screen because that's how you you know interact with the physical world you grab something and you move it over and i always thought in computer stuff it was so um it just didn't make sense to have to type to move stuff around and it you know with the mouse 
the mouse is here. Just drag and drop stuff in, and that's what Squarespace is all about. 24-7 support through live chat and email. Listen, you're not going to have any problems with this, okay? But if you do, there's live chat, there's email. They're in New York, Dublin, and Portland. So I wonder if you could request support at a, a specific city. Anyway, um, you're not going to have any problems, but if you do, they've got you covered. Plans start at just $8 a month, which is extremely cheap. It includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. The design is very responsive, um, and every site comes with an online store. So if you're selling something, you know, if you're selling um, really great nail clippers you make or whatever you're selling, this is how you do it. Go to squarespace.com. Uh, you can start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. So today you can wake up and be like, you know, you're eating breakfast. You're like, oh, I don't have a website. What am I, not a person in the present? You could just go, you don't need to use a credit card, sign up, start building your website today. And how do you do that? Make sure you use the offer code XFILESFILES Files to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our show. You know, I mean, this is a free show, you guys like it. Um, you're watching the X-Files on Netflix, that's free. Everything's too free, right? You probably are like, oh, I wanna, I wanna spend money on something. Well, this is what you can do. You don't need to give me money. Just give it to Squarespace. And it's not that much. It's 8 bucks a month plus 10% off if you use X-Files files. I want to thank Squarespace for the support of the X-Files files. I mean, you know, they contacted us just two episodes in. So it's really kind of exciting. It was this new podcast. I don't know if it was going to be successful or not. And Squarespace contacted us. And we're like, hey, we want to try advertising on your show because we think it's going to be something that people will like. So, you know, I'm sort of in indebted to them for that. Um, Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. And I know I've talked in the past about, you know, how they made the, the Pied Piper page and you guys know all that stuff. So I'll just say they did make the PiedPiper.com page, HBO Silicon Valley, and I was just in the writer's room yesterday and they were telling me stuff that they're doing for the next episode, for the next season of Silicon Valley. And they have some really, really great big stuff, really, really big, crazy stuff planned for the uh, next season, like really big stuff happens. I was kind of surprised at how, you know, how the, the big steps that these guys take. And obviously what's gonna change is gonna be the company that we're working on. And hence the website will will change, pipepiper.com will change. And how will they change that? Using Squarespace, because that's how they made the first version, you know? Works the first time, work the second time. As the old saying goes, dance with who brung ya. You know what I mean? Uh, Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. And now back to the show. I was looking at the next season and there's not nearly as many misfires as there are in this one. I, totally. We go to the next episode, Beyond the Sea, uh, written by Glenn Morgan, James Wong, directed by David Nutter. And that's a team that sort of stays on for a long time. That's a really, really great episode. And I think, I think it's an amazing. Sorry, what were you going to say? x does a great job of like riffing on sort of... Uh, uh, stories that exist so like Ice did you know sort of a riff on the thing this is kind of a riff on Silence of the Lambs it mm -hmm, comes out a couple mm -hmm. of years after that and you know in the notes they say that Fox was like terrified of this episode because they were like this is a rip off of that it really isn't it didn't even occur to me watching it to be honest yeah it really doesn't I knew it like on sort of thinking that at some point but while watching it I didn't really think I, that. I guess like you mentioned it, I see it but like it didn't occur to me watching it at all it's, it's, it's I, lo I thought it was amazing I thought it was loved great it. I thought I everything yeah but it certainly is. Well, I would agree. It's definitely one of the darkest episodes of the season for, it for really many reasons. It is. And the opening, the cold open, we were saying usually it involves, you know, supernatural shit happening to somebody else. This one is Scully, and it's her family. First time you see her family. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, her dad, who 
dies. And I thought that the last image where she just kind of wakes up and the dad is, his lips are moving, yeah. but no sound. It's like some Dave, that's like very David Lynch. It's so creepy, but also really moving. It like yeah. does like, it's it writes such a fine line. Like I was watching it alone in the dark in like this new house that I just moved into. Yeah. And I got really scared in that scene. I remember though, and I think, I think ultimately, obviously it's about Scully's spirituality and, and all this stuff. And like, I, but I feel like, you know, after watching that in that cold open, that was really just kind of this like I don't know. It, there was something spiritual about it, but I didn't really read that this time watching it as like anything like some implant in her head or something like that. That was just right. her having this vision of her father because you know uh, she was concerned about him or whatever. But um, the first time I watched that, I remember being like, "Oh my god!" Like, so what happened? Did like is he a zombie or something? <laughs> Did like the yeah. government get him and bring him yeah. back? But like that's. Because I just you just weren't prepared for such a like a, an artful not monster of the weeky yeah you know, was kind of technically but the thing is, is that was really dark another dark thing about this is like you know it's like technically I think a monster of the week because it's not about like, the big conspiracy but like the actual and there is the actual killer is just a serial killer he's not yeah, a monster. he's just a normal serial killer exactly. oh uh, to recap this is the episode where Luther Lee sure. Boggs is a killer uh, someone else is kidnapped outside and he claims the guy in prison claims he's having visions and he's mm-hmm. going to help Mulder and Scully catch the bad guy in exchange for not getting gassed absolutely and, and as you said before I'd probably the biggest thing to talk about in the episode is the complete inversion of the Mulder and Scully roles in this episode. Yeah, that was... Another cool thing is X-Files does what it does really well um, is it takes like sort of these real supernatural phenomena that people have. So I remember when I was a kid, I would have these books about like the supernatural. One of the things that I would always read was I saw my dad and then I got a call right away that he had just died. So they did that. But yeah, this is the first episode that really sort of... Uh, switches Mulder and Scully roles, and that Mulder is the skeptic and Scully is the believer. It's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, it, it's a really great. It feels like a, a, a quintessential X Files. Like uh, it felt like a. I just I really enjoyed it. it felt like um, if you like if you were going to tell someone to watch one, this would be a good one to watch. And uh, the, the inversion thing, I think it's just because it was new. You know, like they'd play with it later and like over the years, and yeah. like it, it kind of became a joke. And they joke about this on The Simpsons. That's how ridiculous it is that Scully's still skeptical after everything she's seen. Yeah. But that hadn't happened yet. Like, this was all still new. So to have her, like, start believing in things was, like, just, uh, it's like the first time they're playing that card, you know? And it's yeah. tied into her, the death of her father. And it's, I think it's, this is also the begin. you can mark this as the beginning of Scully's, like, spiritualism and Scully's, yeah. like, religiousness. And, Which becomes yeah. a big sort of theme throughout the run of the series. And some what, of the boringer episodes of the show. Excuse me? Some of the boringer episodes of the show. But I think what's great is that it does sort of flip their roles, but in a very believable way. Yeah. So Mulder doesn't buy it because Mulder's sort of the guy who wrote the profile that put this guy behind bars, right. and he didn't have any psychic powers. He does hit that great line. He's like, uh, Scully, make no mistake. I believe in psychic powers without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Just not with this guy. Don't worry. I'm a complete wacko. <laughs> But not in this case. And then Scully's makes sense because she sees the dad and then, you know, he knows the, the, the nickname that her yeah. dad calls her and all this stuff. Um, I also thought was, you know, Zodiac is one of my favorite movies. And so the, the first scene where they kidnap, where the bad guy pretends to be a cop and kidnaps the two, that's exactly how one of the Zodiac murders occurs. It's like these two guys, yeah. uh, two people are making out in a car, guy and a girl. A guy pretends to be a cop. I believe that's the first murder that's... Um, a definitely a Zodiac murder, and he pretends to be a cop and kills them both. And 
Yeah, when I was watching this, I really thought of that. Like they clearly got that from a. And real it was life just thing. as like harrowing as it was in, when they re they recreate that murder in the movie. I think yeah. Zodiac, right? So yeah, and yeah, again, like you know, I think the supernatural half of this is kind of this. It's it's part of the case because Luther Lee Boggs may or may not be may or may not be having visions of the people, but that murder is just you know, it's like just some like Silence of the Lambs. It's just like extremely. It just feels very real for the most part, and and you know that that kind of stuff deeply. Gets under my skin in in a, in a way that I love as a as a entertainer consumer, but also have nightmares about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in a car in the middle of nowhere, and then suddenly me. it's a cop who's supposed to protect you, and he doesn't. Oh, scary. Yeah. Can we talk about Luther Lee Boggs for a sec and Brad Dourif? Brad yeah, Dourif, he, Brad Dourif. He's so great. I I didn't remember this episode at all, but when I saw Brad Dourif's name in the credits, I was like, we're we're gonna yeah. be all right. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he is fucking swinging for the fences he, as well, he always is. He's great. I mean, he's so he is. The, this is the guy. He's uh, I think Grima Wormtongue from he's Lord, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. He's on Deadwood. He's Doc, which is such a different role. Like watching it the. Like Doc's like the probably the only actually completely positive person on Deadwood, and like but, he, equal, but equally oh. intense in its own yeah way yeah too. like he's, he's such also a great voice intense of, actor. Um, he's the voice of Chucky, and he's uh oh is that right? Yeah yeah. He's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's and I think he got nominated, and he's like seventeen in that movie. I think he was nominated for an Oscar, and he's like a teenager, or very very young in that movie. I think both those things I said are just true, but I'm not positive about he's either. great in this because he, he's great a, in this. He's so good. He makes a, the episode. It's a really tough part because yeah. he goes from not being a psychic to become, you know, the best psychic of all time because he could just call up people and talk to yeah. different people and he, like, speaks in their voices and he, it's just him alone in a room and it could seem so over the top and so, like, crazy, but it really feels really grounded and, yep. you know, he cries a lot in this episode. And it, uh, yeah, it's such a, it's not, it, if he was just playing a sociopath that was, like, evil, like a Hannibal Lecter or something, that'd yeah. be one thing, but, like, it's like three different. He's himself, but he's also like when he's conjure when he's uh, tapping into yeah. people. He's kind of playing them, and then there's also this. There's one great scene where he's like, you could tell he's having these visions, and he's like, it's really it's killing him, and he's very yeah. remorseful. But then he kind of like shakes it off and says, "No, I'm not going to tell you I'm anything not, else yeah. unless you get me off yeah. death row." And it's like, really, he's very. It's kind of like what I would do. It's like yeah. very pragmatic yeah. and, and like cold and brutal, yeah. but also he's. Such a duality, in that I mean, performance. and just to compare that to the episode we were just talking about, like we couldn't figure out what he's doing. Here we're talking about like this subtle, almost unspoken moment where you know exactly what's going on in his head, and like that's the you know. Yeah, because Mulder says about him, he's like he kills because he likes to kill, but then this guy sort of has a one eighty because uh, his story is that he's gonna you know he's going to the gas chamber and he sees all the souls of all the people he's that killed. Was cool. And you see that scene twice. You see it in flashback, and then you see it when he at the end of the episode when he goes to the mm -hmm. gas chamber again. It's it's terrifying both times, but he has this sort of awakening from that, and he kind of wants to do the right thing. Yeah, like, he's kinda, ultimately sympathetic. Yeah, he kind of like, becomes that, a good that, guy that's after part of the that. performances at the end. Like, I mean, he's introduced as he likes to kill. Literally, the worst thing you can say about anyone. Oh well, yeah, he's been like killing animals his whole life. Yeah. But then at the end, it's kind of sad when he when uh, when he ultimately. Well, I mean, and it's such a beautiful moment where he tells Scully, like he's like, "Hey, come." To my execution because he wants to have someone there who yep. believes him. Yeah, she does not come, right? Yeah, and he wants to help her, and she wants to not believe so bad that she decides to not have a shot at saying having like a final goodbye to her dad. That was a real gut punch for me. That it really caught me off guard. Like I think it's again, you know, just compared to what was on, there's probably very few network dramas in 1992 that could like legitimately punch you in the gut with a twist ending. Yeah, but that really got me. Like I mean, I, did, I got really I, upset I did not at her. 
I did not, but I expected her to go, didn't you? Yeah, like, of course, I, I wanted her to go. Like, just because that's what, like, TV has taught you. Is yeah. That, that, like, you know, that would be the arc that, like, she finally believes and, the, you know, yeah. this nice moment. But that's not the arc in this but episode. But you realize, and yeah. And that's how, maybe the most heart-wrenching part of this heart-wrenching episode. It's so important to her to not believe. Just yeah. as important as it is for Mulder to believe, it's important for her to be science and not believe. And right, so right. she, like, decides to not go because she, she, she's so scared of and believing. she decides not to hear what she I think in her heart believes yeah. is, the, or the, is the, the final message of her of her now it's, deceased it's, father. Like it's devastating. It's is, really sad. it's like a it's a such it's such a Scully episode. It's such an emotional roller coaster for Scully. And Gillian Anderson does such a good job. I and mean, there's two or three scenes that come to mind. But there's that one where she comes in and screams at him. And, oh yeah, and she and feels the, betrayed by him or whatever. And it's just like. Oh it's yeah, really yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah. She, but in that same scene, she's like, she cries. Your, and it's your like, damn self, or something. She does yeah. a damn in there. It's just like something. real capital A that's acting a great, stuff. Yeah, that's a great scene because she's scared. She's like upset that he put Mulder in danger, and also she's angry at him for making her believe in yep, something yep. that she knows she that's shouldn't what she's have believed. Really angry about, I think. Yeah, Carter would tell exactly. You, you know, was a gr- speaking of like scenes in that cell with Boggs. With, I loved when Mulder early in the episode. When Mulder gives him the handkerchief, yeah, he has yeah. this like vision, and then yeah. Mulder's like, "That handkerchief was like from my car. That's nothing." Yeah, that's from like his uh, Knicks jersey. Yeah, that, that I compl- I mean, I haven't seen this episode in a while. That completely got me. Yeah, that got so me satisfying. My favorite episode of the X Files is an episode called Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, and Peter Boyle won an Emmy for it. Uh-huh. And oh, he's a psychic, yeah. and Mulder uses the exact same trick in that one. Oh, too. cool! Yeah, and it's that. a, it's a, that's a really, really great episode. And you could see sort of, you know, these guys like. Going back to the well of like, oh, a couple of years ago we did that. Let's do it again, but in like a, a slightly different kind of way. And it no, also makes sense that Mulder would sort of use that same trick against different psychics. What was you know? Mulder? What was the root of Mulder's skepticism in that episode? Because I feel like I think you know what I mean. It's, does he have something against psychics in particular? Or? No, he doesn't. He just again in that one. That's another Scully episode, and Scully yeah. just connects with this guy, and Mulder just doesn't believe. What him. season is that episode? I believe it's three or four. So, I, I think it's four, but it's a great, great. Episode. I do think that it's cool though that. that I, you know, I, even though it does, even though not every episode that deals with it directly is great, Scully's like religious, you know, Catholicism and stuff does is really fascinating because to me that's something Mulder probably has no belief in whatsoever, exactly. and that's so ironic, you know, that Mulder yeah. is like, will believe, has so much faith in so many, you know, he wants to believe as obviously, yeah. Um, and yet there's this one thing, that, and Scully's the skeptic, and yet there's this one huge thing that might be the the least plausible of all, depending on who you ask, you know. Yeah. And so that and that to me, I just think that, that dynamic is yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's a fun duality. And this show totally have. like establishes a lot of There's that stuff. There's a great moment where when her dad dies, she comes to work, and Mulder is like, "Oh, I didn't think you'd be at work." And he like calls her. He's like, uh, he calls her Dana to try and connect mm-hmm. with her, and she almost has like a moment like, yeah. "What the fuck are you <laughs> doing, funny. dude, Dana?" It's so awkward. Where he's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's like, "Okay, good. I did my job. I'm gonna move on." Because Mulder doesn't come off super sympathetic in this. Because that's a funny joke, though. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's really funny. Because the whole time he's sort of he's kind of pissed off at Scully for believing in this psychic when he's like, I gave you all this other shit that you didn't believe in, and now you believe this, when he really should be more sympathetic towards her, her dad just died. But Mulder's kind of, like, angry at her in this yeah, episode. Yeah, that scene where she doesn't tell the police that she heard from a psychic because he's like, yeah. oh, you're a, it's okay when Spooky Mulder, I love yeah. Spooky Mulder, it's okay when Spooky Mulder yeah, says but something got, crazy, but you can't do it. Yeah, well, just like, give her a break, her dad just died. So he comes off like, I think like a little that, I think, doesn't, doesn't he say something like that? 
like, doesn't he, isn't at the end of that speech, isn't he like, you need a few days off or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he does. He does say that. That's the thing also made, if, I think when, has that joke where he's reading, it, it's the the uh, porn joke where he's reading the file and she says like, you haven't been this, I haven't seen you this engrossed in something since like the last, you know, porno mag was doing Yeah, well, she says like the adult DVD catalog or something like that. I the doubt adult, it was DVD. It was yeah. the adult video catalog. Uh, it's a Blu-ray, yep. <laughs> wow, that's so what prescient. If, yeah, what if they had <laughs> predicted that? Yeah. It's funny that this, like, psychic guy who's, like, reading their minds and, like, knows everything about them, like, negl- doesn't at all address the giant e- alien conspiracy they're dealing yeah. with on, like, a weekly basis. He's like, <laughs> whoa. S- he's like, Scully, you gotta know something. Uh, yeah. Don't ru- don't uh, approach the devil, which is, like, this one beam she might fall off of. Yeah. But he's not like, also. The aliens you, are real. You should know. Uh, yeah. Aliens are real, and you are at the center of their conspiracy <laughs> to take over the planet. <laughs> Um, I thought that a really cool. I thought this episode was just directed very well and edited very well. And this very the show is all the best episodes are very moody and cool and yeah. this vibe to them. But this one was like that opening was so artful. The this is such a weird thing, but like in when when he's having those visions, such a specific thing. But when he's having those visions of like what will happen later on in the warehouse, I love how they don't. There's no like stupid like fuzzy like dream filter on it. They oh, just yeah. show the clip silently, which is so much oh. more effective to me. Well, I noticed this episode was a very quiet episode. There's yeah. a lot of parts where there isn't a lot of music, and then Except David, Beyond the Sea, they play Beyond, the, which is great. Whatever. And he, uh, the director, talks about how when he's shooting Luther Lee Box, it's, he says it's very static camera angles, and he lets the performance be the dynamic thing. So mm. if you watch it, there's not a lot of movement. It's like very static, very quiet episode. And even at the end, and this might be the first time in the series they did this, but at the very end. And usually, when when they cut to black, you know, best moment, like awesome moment, cut to black. Chris Carter, executive producer Chris Carter, but it's always those like that, you know, that Mark Snow like synthy spooky music. Yeah. This episode, it was total silence when that came up, and it was so yeah. creepy and effective. Yeah, it's a really quiet episode, and um, you could see that this one they're sort of getting more confident because, you know, they've the roles have been established, so now they can like subvert them, change them a little yeah. bit. So it's it's really like them sort of coming into their own. This I think this is one of the best episodes of the X Files. Yeah, you know, it's an or, important one. It's, it's an, an important it's episode. Like an important yeah. ep- like you know where we're talking like that last. episode episode how they were figuring things out like this is like this episode's so good that i think they looked at this episode and they were like we figured it out this is the blueprint like run with this it was a misnomer to call it a monster of the week like even though it doesn't advance the the mythos or the you know the conspiracy or all that stuff yeah that, but it's important it, it's, it's the part of the characters which is we're just saying is like right. that's really the show yeah it really is oh i had this so you remember the newspaper it said gas chamber tested for boggs execution did Newspapers report on when they <laughs> tested. <laughs> why, why is that in the newspaper? <laughs> and it's running fine. <laughs> Everything's Everyone great. Night's execution. I was happy. Like the how episode. do you test it? I wonder. How do you test it? <laughs> Three people died. It's running fine. Uh, good news, bad news. Good news works great. Is the gas chamber still used? I don't know the currency. No, I don't. Think I don't know. know but that way that they show the specifics of it, where it's a powder and the other chemical oh, mixes, cool. it's so creepy. Yeah. It's so scary. I don't think that is used anymore. Whatever that was. Yeah, I thought it was great when the episode opened. Just like talking about like the media in the episode, like there was uh, it opened with a Ron Popeil infomercial, and I was like, "Who is that guy? I know him." Yeah. And then they went down. I was like, "Oh, it's Ron Popeil." Yeah, and it's great. Away a few years ago, I can't believe that spray hair was ever. Re- that seems yeah, like someone made great. that for like a movie in 1994. I'll tell you, they still use that on sets and stuff. I've Ooh. seen people using it. Yep. Well, for camera, it'll work, but like Topics. in real life, there's no way. Yeah, I it don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They um, uh, the other episode, Clyde Brockman, which is another psychic episode also has an infomercial aspect to it. So the X-Files, you could see like the things that they oh, right. think are interesting, like infomercials, like they think
think they're kind of weird like he and funny. Him, is he himself some kind of like late night psychic or something? Like no, that? Th- he's a psychic, but his uh, uh, like uh, the guy that he his uh, what do you call it? The, the guy he hates, like the I can't believe nemesis? it's a very simple. It's sort of his nemesis, but like his, there's another like psychic oh, who's like okay, an infomercial yeah. psychic rival? who's like the bad his rival. Was it the same writer? I'm sorry if you said this already. I don't remember if it, no, it's a different writer, Darren Morgan, who's the brother of Glenn Morgan, who's one of the writers of this, and uh, Glenn Morgan, uh, Darren Morgan wrote. Only a handful of them, and all of them are the best episodes of the X-Files. Cool. Like they're all in the top ten. And Darren Morgan says that this is his favorite X-Files episode of all time. I felt so, watching I was so glad that this is one we got to watch for the podcast, because I, I really enjoyed the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, because you like, guys... It reminded me like, why I like the X-Files. Like, I was like, god damn the X-Files It's rules. so... That scene where he has to walk to his death, and he sees all those people just standing there looking at him, it's so scary and really sad. It's scary for... On, scary for reasons completely different than things are usually scary in the X-Files. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like a very morbid, very real execution that's happening. And it's him coming face to face with all the people he's killed with his crimes, you know, like emotionally it's devastating for him and the performance is so good when he sees all these people that he killed at Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. It's I thought that, that and I do think that like the explanation for how he got his psychic power is kind of going back, I think you touched what was on that earlier. Like, oh, just that he has like a near death experience. Basically, right, like as right. he was wait, he was strapped down and he was about to be executed, and like right before he was to be able to pull the lever, or whatever they do, he like so it opened up something in him, and he was in that op- this, this gateway to psychic powers, and then there was a stay of execution, but like he took that power with him, and like to me that's like, oh. yep, I'll, I'll give you that. That's like to me that is totally plausible. It totally makes sense in a, in, a, in, a, in a, you know for the show. And Clyde Bruckman has a very similar way he gets his powers. He's going to be on this plane that's going to crash, but it doesn't. He, he ends up not being on it, and it's the plane that, like, uh, Big Bopper and uh, Billy... Uh, B- what's her, what's his name? Um, Billy Holiday? Who, no, I don't know. He's, no, it's the, the one in the song. It's the American Pie song, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, Big Bopper. The origin of Wait, the supernatural song. Buddy Holly? Bopper dies, and um, what's the name of the guy? Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. Buddy yeah, Holly. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's interesting that this is Darren Morgan's favorite episode because he clearly kind of took this episode, changed it a bunch, and wrote another episode, like a different take on sort of a similar template huh, years yeah. later. I do say, I, dis- I also like this. I, th- I tend, even when it comes to Monster of the Week stuff, I sort of like the more... Because this one, I think, uh, this sli- it's like the host, for example. I don't want to spoil or anything, but that's a very, there's a very, that's a very physical science monster, yes. as opposed yes. to like Luther Lee Boggs, yeah. who's much more of like a, that's a more, that's I, I consider that much more supernatural than like, you know, like a poop monster. You know? Yeah, that, that guy is a total poop monster. <laughs> like, but yeah, poop turns into monsters. But the way you see. Uh, uh, the the uh, role that the poop monster plays in the overall story of the X Files at that point, yeah, uh, really kind of works. Like you need sort of a real obvious fucking monster to show up, and the the way it sort of uh, what it does to the trajectory of the season of the of the of the X Files. Uh, That's really, the really first. Works. One. I know we shouldn't talk about this too much, but like, that was the first one I like distinctly remember seeing because it yeah. was so horrifying and so. A weird thing, the guy who's in the outfit, yeah. the, the poop monster, fluke monster, Darren Morgan, the writer. Oh, cool. The, yeah, it's all it's all sort of a family, which is why it sort of stays consistent so well. It's cool. One of, of these names, like, you know, um, Vince Gilligan and these Homeland people. Yeah, those like, guys show up later. It's yeah. great. Like, the, it seems like uh, it was a real farm for, like, it, successful. It, but it really was ahead of its – was cool it stuff. in that – did he – you interviewed the author of that – this is talking to Jeff now, but that author of that book about uh, – the Alan Seminole book. Does he mm-hmm. talk about the X Files in that? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Because it certainly is like an early version of like a show with an o- with such a complex and overreaching arc to it. Yeah, 
And yeah, it feels that's part that feel that's a part of it that feels really ahead of its time for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the what conversation we talked about at the end, uh, which we thought was really great, where she says uh, Mulder and Scully are talking at the end about why she didn't go, and Mulder says, "Why can't you believe?" And she says, "I'm afraid to believe." And he says, "You can face that fear, even if it means never knowing that you, uh, never knowing what your father wanted to tell you." And she says, "But I do know." He was my father, which is like such a cop out thing for her to like, I know what he said. Yeah. yeah. It also that part. The only thing weird about it is that Mulder doesn't believe that he's a real I psychic. The same thing, he's a hypocrite. So then why does he kind of sh- shit on her for, at the end for not believing? I found that weird, too. Like the whole episode, Mulder is saying, don't listen to this guy. Yeah. He's, and then and when she doesn't listen to him, he's like, why didn't you listen to this guy? Yeah. Well, I think he isn't he saying not isn't part of not listening to him that like He's he's playing into his trap. Like I don't know that he's saying he's not psychic. He's like maybe he's setting up some sort of tr- like he is psychic, but like he knows what's gonna happen. And he wants to kill you. Like I thought that was. A, a... I guess so. I guess part of the problem is also his Mulder is out of commission for like the entire third act. Yeah. So he's sort of yeah. He's not it's able to have maybe huh? that. We wouldn't get to see his little character growth or whatever the hell happened that made yeah, him change it's his interesting. mind. I just thought it was so devastating that the bad guy Luther Lee Box wants to do one good thing, which is tell totally. her. She denies him that. Yeah, it's it's. That, she did help save the. He helped save the girl though. Yeah. Yeah. When you said sure. it's a dark episode, that's like that ending of her not showing up, despite yeah. all the serial killer death murder yeah. stuff. Like that to me is the darkest. And part. the other thing that's interesting about this one is that Lucas Jackson Henry, who's the serial killer who's outside, um, who's like clearly not a major part of the episode. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of the bad guy. But they do a good enough job of giving him a pathology too. Yeah. Like he has his own backstory. Like. You could see a whole episode that focuses on him rather than Luther Lee Boggs. Like they, so we were saying how in the last episode, Fire, the main bad guy doesn't make sense. Here, even like the yep. side bad guy yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, and it's again so, so 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 much more uh, pedestrian than your average X Files villain, and so much yeah. more horrifying. For being for so, it. yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that's so interesting is that this story sort of starts off with the idea that Scully's disappointed her parents. They wanted her to be a doctor. She became this. And that's like the most relatable thing in the world. Yeah. Like it's this sort of big kind of, you know, mm-hmm. story about psychics, but it comes from a very real, very relatable thing, which is like she disappointed her parents. I mean, we all feel like And that, also the know? death of a parent. And the know? death of a parent. Like it's a yeah. very real thing to the funeral scene was the, uh, the funeral scene was kind of handled kind of interestingly. It was just the five of them and they're playing Beyond the Sea. It was very, yeah. Like, very pastoral and very very yeah. unlike other X Files episodes. Yeah, except in the fact that it looked like it was a horrible overcast raining, which were like half the episodes of the show <laughs> in the first exactly. two seasons. And again, because they never left British Columbia. Um, to contrast it to the previous episode, where like Mul- that woman's never mentioned again, Mulder's fear of fire is kind of thrown away. Scully's dad is now dead. That is canon, and like her mom comes back in several episodes. Oh like, yeah, her like, mom's a major character. Parts from this episode, it's weird. Like um, comic books, I do this too. I think this is one of the more interesting parts of comic books is like. The characters that stick around and like the storylines that stick around are like the ones the creators like. You know, it's like yeah. like they go back and they bring back the characters they liked. And I think it's it, you can see a sort of the same thing happening here. And like this is uh, a thing they liked, and like that's why it has influence on later episodes. Yeah, like, people remember that Scully's mom because they like this episode so much. Yeah, exactly. Chris Carter said he. My intention when I first set out to do the show. Oh, this is the one where he said he was going to do hoaxes and then, you know, uh, half hoax to half fa- real. I had no idea. I had no idea either. It was such right? a different show. Because um, the, the other thing, I was thinking about this while watching this. In the X-Files, the, the, the deck is stacked against Scully because she's rational. She's from our world. Mm-hmm. She's sort of an emissary from our world in this other X-Files world. So it's sort of set up that she's always going to be wrong because she's rational the way we are. Right. But she's in a world 
that has the irrational happening in it all the time. So it's sort of, it's fun that this episode kind of does something different with that because yeah. it, usually it's like such a fuddy-duddy role for her to have where, she, you know, she's like from our world into this other crazy world, which she's like, this is crazy. This is not real. Well, it is real, but it kind of sucks for her because she's using science. She's not doing anything wrong. <laughs> true, yeah, she's yeah, coming yeah. to the conclusions <laughs> that we would come to, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But in the, the show, her role is... Uh, to sort of be the one who denies the the truth, right? But uh, often, you know, uh, uh, the show it doesn't it, it doesn't it's not like she comes in. She's never like she's not always wrong. Like cause even though she doesn't necessarily think it's aliens or a liver monster or you know whatever. Yeah, she. So she's skeptical, but she still pursues it like like an like a scientist or you know like she's very empirical about it, and that yeah. often is as effective as it leading to the truth as Mulder's like, you know, oh, blind sure. belief that it's something crazy. Like, yeah. so she's, you know, she's definitely got a different style and a different set of maybe core beliefs, but like they work together well as a team. Yeah. Like she, and she kind of, you know, I think pretty early on also, she kind of, she likes to maintain a little distance as I probably, I think, like you said, I think we, we're Scully. Like, so we kind of, if I was Scully, I would probably try and maintain my like, Sanity, but also yeah. eventually, and she kind of gets on at least on his team, if not like right oh, behind his sure. back, pretty she, early on. She uh, what was what's striking when you watch all these episodes is that even when she doesn't agree with him, she always goes to bat for him. She always totally, especially when like say. Skinner or whoever is. Yeah, like, well, Skinner's he, gonna show up. He's a fucking great character. I'm I love Skinner. To see he's him. Like, I think he's he not been on the show yet. Yeah, he's a. Uh, Has he not been introduced on the show? Yeah, yet? he's not. He's not cool. there yet. And he at all really? Yeah, he hasn't shown up yet. Where does he show up? Episode thirteen. Uh, he shows up fairly soon. Okay. Crycheck shows up in a little bit. Wait, we have, Skinner has not been in the show at all since since until this episode. He hasn't been on. That's yet. so shocking. I thought he was like in the pilot. Yeah, you'd think he's in the pilot because he becomes such a major part of the show. He's great. Um, yeah. So this episode, he's like, he's like Scully. He's like he has his own like he's like mega Scully. I feel like he's sort of you. He's one of those I mean, guys I mean you never off, know sorry. what side he's on. You know, I mean, yeah. you love him. It, it's such an interesting character. Totally, I mean, we totally. Say too much. About I know. Him. I'm sorry. I didn't mean so this episode does a little poorer than Fire again because you know Fire did wasn't a great episode. I bet the next episode's up. Yeah, let me look. Yes, the next episode. Episode. You were like Mulder giving us the slideshow right now. Dude, <laughs> the next episode goes up a huge amount. It's called uh, it's Gender Bender, which is a fucking weird episode. It's a really strange episode. A bunch of strange stuff going on in it. But it's a huge spike up because of this episode. Um, so this I one, wait to hear what they're saying on the message boards. Yeah, well, uh, it's, this one is 6.2 million. It's a little bit down from that. And then in the writing of this episode, Glenn Morgan, this is from the X-Files Wiki, Glenn Morgan and James Wong were fueled by feeling unhappy with Scully's character development as a lot of the scenes in previous Outings seem to instead uh, highlight Mulder and the make makers of the X-Files were getting complaints that Scully was uptight and bitchy and you're going to see that in the message board. Whoa. Yeah, real harsh. That was the be first real harsh. First time, uh, first, that's actually the first instance of sexism on the internet recorded. <laughs> I don't know if that's the first. I think I'm guessing the first line ever posted on the and internet. And the last. Probably. <laughs> the first line uh, That's from the complete X-Files. Uh, decided the fans, deciding that the fans at a point, Morgan and Wong realized it was time to evolve the Scully character so these guys you know uh Morgan and Wong really are really interested in Scully and want to like give her more to do. And you see that here they talk about how they really thought she was a much better actress than the show had you know exploited to this point. And they're like, let's give her something that's really going to challenge her. That's cool. And they really sort of went for it. It was really, really cool. Uh, they all talk about how much they love Luther Lee Boggs. And they said they almost couldn't get him because he wanted too much money. But they were like, it, 
if we don't get this guy, this episode is not gonna work. Like, cause can you imagine, like, yeah. you know, yeah, not, yeah, just like, yes, Law and Order Day player. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus yeah. Christ, with just some like Canadian actor. Nothing against Canadian actors, but if you're just getting like a local hire, yeah. Oh God, I just pissed off the Canadians. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Should that be the first time they were ever pissed off? <laughs> oh, they said uh, Chris Carter says that he had to really go to bat for it because Fox was like, this is just like Sounds of the Lambs. This movie's won, you know, the Best Picture Oscar just a couple of years ago they're like we don't want to do it and Chris Carter had to like go into the office of the head of Fox and be like listen we have a different take on this it's going to be totally different you got to let us do this that's so that's like so weird that they'd be like well now now that Science of Lambs is done there will never be another serial killer movie or show <laughs> exactly. ever made again but in their defense do you remember how big Silence of the Lambs was oh in the culture like there was like Hannibal like I was too young to know anything about it but I knew I, I feel like I saw that movie before I actually saw it like I was too young to actually sure. see that movie, but I, yeah. I feel yeah. like I knew everything about it. With it's one of those movies. It's stuff. like when you watch Hitchcock, you feel like you've seen totally, you know, yeah. Rear Window before you ever seen it. I remember yeah. the book, which came, the movie was made pretty shortly after the book blew up, and like the, I remember the book making. I never read it, obviously, but like the book making the rounds among our parents and our parents' friends because mm-hmm. it's such. It was like a big like crime page turner, John Grishmy kind of book. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it'd be like, oh, you got to read this Hannah with Science yeah. of Lands book. Like I lent it to your sister in law, yeah. it to your brother later. Like by the end of that summer, like everyone had read it. Yeah, it was like a proto uh, Da Vinci code. Exactly, or like exactly. That. Yeah. So it's, it's easy twenty years later to like not see to not really think about Science of the Lands, but I think it was like like then like serial killer helping a woman. And solve oh. murders was like equal. I watch that movie every year. I love yeah, that great, movie, great, great and movie. it really holds up. And yeah. like it's a it's a horror movie, and it's a horror movie that won an Oscar. Like yeah. that does it won not every happen. Oscar. Yeah. It was such a great performance by him. Uh, Jillian Anderson says that it was one of her favorite episodes. She says, I remember getting the script and realizing that it was the first time that I really had some real material to work with. I remember sitting down with David Nutter, the director, and going through the different beats and the points and the emotional arc and wanting very much to get it right. It's cool. I um, mean, there it is. You know, that, that's why this is such an important episode. Yeah, uh, they really, you know, all the writers and said that they were really, really happy with it. There's a lot of, you know, specific quotes about it that I don't think we... Need to read, David Nutter said, to me, I think it's the most accomplished piece of directing of actors I've ever been able to do. I thought Brad Dourif was brilliant. Uh, he thinks it was right up there was with Ice. I was, uh, I'm also very happy with the work that Jillian and I did together. I thought she really proved herself to be quite a talented actress. And there's that scene that we talked about where she comes in and is angry at him for so many different reasons. And there's so much going on. It's amazing that, that it can, compared to Ice, though, because Ice, which is maybe my first my favorite episode of the first season. Yes. But... Uh, so equally good, so so different though, for such different reasons. Ice is just this really cool, like contained bottle episode with mo- it's so based on it's it's just it's just different for I think such different reasons, but it's yeah. equally good. And I think it's cool that the show could hop from well, between the, genres, between yeah. things. That was the great thing about the X Files is that nothing was off limits. You could have like a monster episode and then you could yeah. have like a really psychological episode. A funny, a really, funny one, episode. really funny episode. Really funny episode. Really hilarious That's what's so cool about the show is that you're gonna you're gonna like hit so many different genres over the course of, you know, the the run of the show um it's getting dark here a little bit do you have like a light i can use we're can use my, uh, we should say tell people we're i'm, I'm we're, getting legit spooked right now yeah uh, we're we're talking about a, the x i was actually as you were reading those last few quotes i was thinking i'm impressed he is reading off that piece of paper we're, right now. Uh, for listeners at home we're recording outside <laughs> in like, my backyard it's completely dark right now <laughs> yeah it <laughs> it's is great <laughs> yeah it's getting really scary um all right so now uh i went to the message boards and he says uh you know a lot of people said um 
What now people are trying to figure out, because they don't have the internet, they don't know if the show is getting a second season or not. Oh, yeah. So, so one guy comes to the rescue, and he's like, or she, I don't know. I read some of the rumors and discussion here, so I decided to call the source. This guy called programming at the Fox Network. Like, he got a <laughs> phone number and just called it. This is what... Yeah. I love it. I love I love yeah. old internet. Yeah. yeah, and he said that the X-Files had not been picked up for a second season yet and that it was way too early for them to make a final decision, but that the ratings were actually pretty good and that it looks good in terms of a second season. Um, Can so, you imagine just this guy at Fox picking yeah, up the phone? Yeah, like, like, hey. Talking to him and being like, uh, not, not just politely answering his question and being like, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's doing all right. Things are looking pretty good, I wow. guess. You know? like, yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? And it's so crazy that it was so, like, close. Like, it could have gone either way, and it would, we would not have had this podcast. It's inspiring. I mean, now it's like, you know, with Twitter and stuff, you can, like, every show kind of gets, like, its day in court, sort of, at least from the fans' perspective, in terms of, like, oh, sure. Twitter campaigns to save yeah. shows. Yeah. This is like, this you, This was like, they had to walk five miles in the snow just to make a complaint to yeah. Fox. What I love about this is these these are the people that paved the way for yeah. these oh, totally. shitstorms we're currently living oh, in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Like when people were sending peanuts when that one show got canceled? What was that show? Uh, uh, it's some, it's, it's like Skeet it. Ulrich, is, wasn't it? Or oh, the um, other guy that uh, I Jericho. Jericho. They were, also Roswell. When Roswell was canceled, they sent a lot of, I believe, Kraft macaroni and cheese yeah, to something WB like that. or something yeah. like that. And these are the guys who started it. Yeah, so Jericho. tip of the hat to you guys. Uh, the same guy says... Uh, uh, well, they like that they've avoided turning good relationships into a love interest with Scully's father dead. The writers could have had Scully turn to Mulder for comfort and more. Instead, they showed the honest regret of one person that a close friend had to go through such pain. Uh, so uh, they like that there was such yeah. a complex. Oh, and this is another one. People are sort of picking up on stuff. They're like, um, did anyone notice that Mulder seems to be munching on seeds a lot? And Squeeze and <laughs> oh, Eve is chewing on seeds. And the people are like, well, I might have to go back and check out my old video recordings. I assume um, you mean sunflower seeds. I'm only wondering if it has anything to do with the show or not. So, like, that's the thing in the pilot. He's eating sunflower seeds, and that's something that Mulder does through the whole course of the yeah, season. Yeah. And now is the first time, episode 13, where people are kind of catching on to these things that will become, like, iconic parts of the X-Files, you know? This is really impressive research. Like It's like primary source material. I love you know? it. Yeah, no, it's cool. This is that week. Um, a lot of people said that it was similar to Silence of the Lambs, and people are sort of arguing whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. And the episode called Ice, same sort of discussions happening with the thing. Like, is it good or bad that they're sort of taken from it? Uh, this one, it's more positive because it is further away from the source material than Ice was from the thing, mm-hmm. I think. Um. Oh, and this is the one I was talking about earlier. I'm new to this group, so this might have already been discussed, but why can't Scully be more accepting of Mulder's work? I mean, she brings him a story on a UFO or life after death experience and gets him hooked, and then she goes, don't even think about it. That's kind of lame. But that, wait, that's a... Uh... I feel like that, that's a weird episode to uh, to, to to bring that up. It's the one episode that yeah. doesn't do that of yeah, this season, I, anyway. So I think this is an earlier quote, oh, but gotcha. then you know people sort of respond to this one as proof. Like, Idiot. Oh, the other cool thing uh, that people did is Cinefantastique published a review of the X Files and people posted it on there. I remember. What's when it? Sh- is that a magazine? It was some magazine. Cool. Yeah, some like, like sort Fangoria of Fangoria or Fangoria uh, kind of magazine. Starlog, yeah. which is Starlog. Yeah, does not Starlog. Is like dormant right now. Oh, Fangoria is still around. Fangoria is. 
But I never. I'm more into sci-fi than horror, so I don't get that okay. much out of Fangoria. But what was cool about this one? I remember when I was a kid, if there was a show I really liked, and reading a good review of it, and really having it really justified, like, see, I yeah, was right. Yeah, yeah. So the people are posting review, like, hey, I read this really great review, it's three out of four stars. And then people are commenting, like, oh, good, people are finding this. That's cool. And in this one, I'm finding a lot of uh, people posting um, uh, the the mailing address and like trying to organize like all right so on this day send letters so that they all get there at the same time so in one day you know they're getting like 30 letters or whatever so you're seeing like people sort of coalesce and try to get some sort that's of campaign incredible. going that's, yeah that's er and the simpsons same thing simpsons was also like a very early show to like that had a, a, a fervent internet fan base yeah. and that directly talked back to that fan base you know oh yeah both in real life and in fun ways on the show well apparently one of the things that people have said is that at some point later david duchovny starts going on the message boards posing as someone else but then it becomes obvious that it's him so i'm looking forward to Whoa. that happening it's cool. not do, you know happening who do you know what his name is no yeah. i don't i mean I'll, I'll look it up and i'll figure it out but it hasn't it hasn't happened yet do you ever see anything in the in them that like Besides the fact they're talking about early seasons of the X Files, indicates that it's the '90s, like where they just like argue about you know Ross Perot or something out, out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, they haven't yet. That's really interesting. I mean, I'm looking for very specific stuff because it's <laughs> so it, overwhelming. Like, like, how much of this are you reading? Like, how many comments are there? Are there enough that you can read them all? And at pick this the best? at this point, there aren't that many. Like and you're reading them all. And a lot of people are talking about how there aren't there isn't enough talk, and then a lot of people are like, "Why are you guys talking about this show? What the fuck is where this show? Read, like, where's this stuff archived?" It's on Google Groups. Go to Google Groups. Google Groups, I think, bought Deja News, which was an old thing that. Oh, had okay. So this like, is this is all TV X Files, and then all TV SF uh, is another one, and then just all TV. So I look on all of them. I'm legitimately happy that that is archived somewhere. I yeah, it's, it's it, great. it really warms my heart. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, it's just uh, it's cool. The show doesn't. I mean, thinking back to when I watched, obviously, I didn't. We didn't I don't think we really had home computers. I wasn't an early internet user, so I wasn't a part of any of these groups or anything. Yeah, but me neither. Loser. It, it, <laughs> but it really was one of the, the, maybe the first show I can remember watching that inspired this level of, like, dedication. Yeah, I, it's fandom, a, it, yeah. I think, you know, had things been a little differently or maybe I could see myself becoming one of these people and, like, getting that into it because it was certainly the first show that I was that engaged with. I mean, oh, yeah. I was The Simpsons I watched religiously, probably way more than The X-Files, but... I watched that in a much more passive way. I just loved watching it. Yeah. This show definitely inspired a sort of Yeah, and that's the thing is happening. Like, wait, why is he eating the seeds? What kind of gun is it? Uh, a lot of people are doing, like, tape exchanges and stuff because people have missed episodes, Still, like you all, were saying. None of them, it'd be funny if none of them believe that the sister was abducted, though. They're like, <laughs> what's up with the seeds? I mean, the sister, Skull, he's crazy to think his sister yeah, was abducted. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. But anyway, the sunflower seeds. Was there a uh, missing so. link? But I, I keep thinking, I keep, the more we talk about these things, the more I think about Lost, and I also like always thinking about Lost. Uh, is there, like, a missing link? I'm not thinking about between X-Files and Lost that like, because Lost is I think a very X-Files-y show. Oh, it certainly is in terms of like uh, people who worked on the shows. Yeah, also just like the what we're talking about, like internet fan base and just like people looking at is it It's a good question. Was it like was there something between them? I don't know. I there were I don't think there were that many like how many because now not, there's a lot. Well how many side yeah. how many well, Lost Buffy. and X-Files are a rarity but how many oh, Buffy is in it. But Buff Buffy's after X-Files. Yeah, Buffy, then X Files, and Lost. There's crossover period between those yes. two. Yeah, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Maybe there was just 10 years where there was no sci fi on TV. Is that possible? A, 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 a primetime network drama that was sci fi that was a big hit seems pretty rare. I mean, yeah. there were like shows that, like, 
like like you know Hercules and Xena aired on a lot of networks. And I, I loved those, Hercules I've and never Xena. Seen a, I've never seen a minute but of either of those shows. Very missable. I'd I, <laughs> Hercules is awesome. I'd love though. to watch it. Like yeah, very, I loved it. You would love. Very it. missible sounds accurate. <laughs> it's, got, like, it's got like Sam Raimi's DNA all over it, which yeah, is really yeah. cool. Oh, it's very yeah. corny, very cheeky. Well, that's how Briscoe County Jr. kind of was like yeah. that too. Yeah, it's weird but that you see Briscoe County Jr. but not. Hercules. Well, Briscoe was like... on after X Files. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. they were on the same night. A lot of people talk about those two shows. I've never really gotten into. But also, Hercules is fun. You should watch. It's like one season, so it's pretty. I also enjoyed it, but like, even as a kid, I, I was like, this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was like, this is ridiculous. This is I was goofy. a very smart kid to know that. Well, what's interesting is that there's one box in one Briscoe County episode that has an X on it, and people are like, hey, is, are these universes going to cross over? <laughs> there's like some orb in a Briscoe County episode that resembles something on the X-Files, so a lot of people are like, hey, is this going to... And then people are like, no, it's completely different studios, completely different companies, it's not going to... And then obviously they, they, they didn't, but you could see like the beginnings of fandom where people are trying to find references to other things. You know, It's really interesting. Is the dialogue there, is it like more um, eloquent? Are they just more polite than no. people are on the internet today? They're not. <laughs> Well, that, re- that that actually makes me feel pretty good too. Well, it's interesting. I talked about it on the last episode, but right when the X Files news group starts, like someone makes that subgroup, uh, I believe December first, right around there. There's a huge influx of trolls. Like, so oh, is this the AOL thing? The there's AOL a thing, thing in Usenet called like, oh man, this is so nerdy. There's a thing on Usenet like where AOL like opened up to Usenet like on one specific day, and it's like infamous as the day that like ruined Usenet. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like, think it's that. I think these people are angry. They're like, why are you re- making new subgroups? So they see that there's a new subgroup and they go on and they just like sort of rip on people and there's one guy who's, <laughs> one guy's name is Bear or something and he just goes around just fucking mauling people. You know, he's just being a dick. So, so right, but now by this point it's sort of settled down. All those trolls have left. So there's a lot of like, you know, people are getting angry at each other and stuff. But there's also good conversation and like I said, a lot of them are people who are professors and stuff? So you know, it's it's not you know nobody's calling each other gay. That's yet. cool. I mean, like professors, those are professors are smart. So to have yeah. like professors on the internet talking about something, that's yeah, impressive. Great. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming, guys. Oh my god, uh, this was we'll great. Fun. Love to have us. you back. We'll do maybe you know host and whatever episodes Anytime, absolutely. There. Yeah, which was course. awesome. Uh, plug your stuff. Uh, uh, you go first. Kyle Chimer. Dot com. Uh-huh. I think uh, the word find... is out about that site. Yeah, you could see, you know, we, we're still posting videos, a lot of great <laughs> stuff. Um, i trying to think what I specifically. We have our live show next week, but I assume this won't be out at that point. And it it's also be. only for this very specific area. But yeah, check collegehumor.com. Collegehumor.com. I am making videos at BuzzFeed. So I want to plug buzzfeed.com slash Jeff Rubin, where you can see all my videos. And if you've made it this far into the podcast, I bet you'd like a few of them because they're about video games and sci fi and stuff. And also, I want to plug my podcast, The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show because I'm really excited about the next episode. Uh, I just recorded it last night, uh, and I interviewed Matt Chapman, who, with his brother, co-created Homestar Runner, which oh, is wow. so exciting for me. Uh, I love Homestar Runner, and um, it's just really fun to talk to him, and so that episode's going to be coming out soon, and it's called The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. Speaking of, like, internet pioneers, that totally. was one of the first, like, yeah. so sort of it. web series. Totally. Like, huge. Oh, is it I know. Like, the is thing- it still going? No they, no, they took a hiatus, but they came back and they released one in, just in April, the first one like five or six years. I remember and that. they're working on some new stuff now. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a cool story. Like, yeah, totally. Um, I talked to the guy who made Snood, the guy who created Snood, and I think they're pretty similar stories because there was like early 2000s. Like, you remember the game Snood? Of that, course. Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but that guy made a lot of money on that game and he made it taking checks in the mail. Oh, like, wow. Like, people would ch- send a check in the mail and he would send back a serial code in the mail. Like, so it's just like, and 
the Homestar Runner story is similar in that it was just like, you know, you just, there were no rules about how to do these things. So, yeah. like I said earlier, like I love this like early internet stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite stuff. All right. Well, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Hey, thank you for listening to the episode. Um, next week, uh, I will be talking about Gender Bender. I'll be skipping Lazarus and uh, going straight to Young at Heart, which really has an image that really stuck with me. That's an image that I think of whenever I think of the X-Files that I was talking about in the beginning of the show. So, uh, Gender Bender, which is a super weird one. Like, I, it's definitely, definitely worth watching and talking about it. And has Crycheck playing not Crycheck. Um, and then we're going to be watching Young at Heart. Uh, so there are two episodes um, that I think are going to be really interesting to talk about. Not necessarily maybe ones that people will bring up when they talk about the best X-Files episodes, but I think they're both interesting watches. Um, please go to feralaudio.com. They're the ones who sort of had the idea to have a podcast with me, and they're fantastic. And I have, uh, they have a new podcast there called Real Life Sci-Fi, hosted by my friends Willie Roberts and Wade Randolph. Um, and I am on the first episode. Basically, what these guys do is to pick a topic like UFOs or, um, you know, moon landing or Yeti or something like that. And then they sort of break it down and talk about how likely it is that these things exist. And they use the guest as sort of a judge to decide uh, who's more persuasive. So please listen to that. Or please email me at thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. Uh, really loving all the... Uh, emails I'm getting. I mean, I just recorded a letters episode that will drop, I think, as a bonus episode at some point coming up in the next couple of weeks. I also just recorded an episode with Mark Snow, who did the theme for the X-Files. And um, we're still figuring out how to release that one, if it's going to be a bonus episode or something like that. But he was absolutely fantastic. I was so nervous talking to him. But he was so, so good and gracious and very humble about, you know, the influence he's had on so many people's lives. Um, so that's a great one coming up. Um, and please go on iTunes and review the episodes as well. That's a, that's a good way to sort of keep us high up in the rankings and then I can continue getting great guests like Mark Snow. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Talking about things you're not qualified to talk about? Us too. The Dumb Nerds Podcast, a show where comedians talk about smart topics they're too dumb for. Every week, your host, that's me, Cassie Jerkins, invites a new funny guest on to get down and nerdy. Laugh and learn about topics like how to buy a house, the Terminator movies, and the Titanic. Check out Dumb Nerds today on your favorite podcast app.